This is Asajj Ventress, and you're listening to Rule the Galaxy. Hey, Star Wars fans and World of the Galaxy fans. This is your host for tonight, D-Doc. Now, it's been a while since I've been sitting in the host chair. I know we used to have a little rotation going every so often, so I might be a little bit rusty. Bear with me, but I think we're going to be fine because we have a ton of topics to cover tonight. So, number one, welcome to Rule the Galaxy podcast. We have a guest on who has been on with us multiple times in the past. This might be the sixth or seventh time. But before we get to our guest, I'm going to go over to Alfie and say what's up. How are you doing, Alfie? Doing good, man. Uh, crazy night, just like every Thursday. This has to be like the absolute worst night of the week for me. But <laughs> most somehow, most of the time, I make it work out. So. Yeah, Thursday nights are crazy. Plus, I'm into this show called Traders now on Peacock, and that debuts on Thursday. So, you know. Well, Thursdays we have my daughter has basketball practice and volleyball practice. So, my wife's gone until almost nine o'clock every Thursday. So, then I have to pick up my son from football practice and then. Then we see what happens trying to get <laughs> them fed and showered into bed and all that stuff. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The kids get older, you turn into like an Uber uh, service. Yes. Yes. <laughs> all right. Like all we do is ferrying kids from one place to another. Love it. Love it. And for our special guest tonight, we've got Jake James Lugo. I think this is either his sixth or seventh time on it, with it's us. It's up there. I'm doing high numbers. I'm doing yeah. high, high KO, uh, was a KD ratio over here. Absolutely. What's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm trying to stay busy, doing a lot of stuff. I have stuff happening this weekend, which is cool. So it's it's going to be an eventful weekend for me. So it's going to be pretty nice. But other than that, I'm doing good. What up, Michael? I see you lurking in there. Uh, and then other than that, yeah, I've been doing all right. Just trying to have fun, play games, follow what's going on in the news and just chill, you know, as much as I can. Absolutely. Now I'm, I'll do a quick plug, obviously because you you do all this gaming content and we've talked about it every time you're on here so mm -hmm. one of your favorite things that you, one of my favorite things that you do is the one man podcast i think it's just fun to listen to man i think it's impressive you. how you can sit down for you know an hour or so each episode and you don't miss a beat man you just send Thank it you. out there you're doing the visuals now uh you know on mm -hmm. youtube talk a little bit about your one man podcast real quick so yeah so originally it used to be just an audio version that i used to upload to youtube <clears throat> but besides that after some time people were mentioning to me is like you should do video so we could actually see something that you're talking about or you could show us articles or whatever and for a while i was a little apprehensive about it and then this year i was like you know what i think it's time Let, let's just do it and see what happens and I started doing it like this now, where it's a video podcast, me on camera. I got different scenes where I'm showing articles, showing different stuff, you know, related to what I'm talking about. Or if, even if it's just me on camera, just talking. The only thing I haven't really been able to implement into it 
is live like feedback. So live chat, live calls or anything like that. And I feel like hopefully, God willing, fingers crossed, as I get more support, more subscribers and more things, I can find a way to implement that because then it takes that vision that I had for the podcast show up to the next echelon. Because I, I look at different examples outside of gaming and outside of Star Wars. I look at stuff like the Stephen A. Smith show. I look at Nightcap. I look at First Take. I look at a lot of sports media as far as the presentation and the way that things are presented and talked about in relation to whatever topic. And, and in my case, it would be gaming and entertainment, movies, TV, Star Wars, etc., like that. But there's a lot of parallels, though, that I feel like that aren't really being utilized or really being paid attention to in other places that are within our industry. So it's been fun to do so. My last episode I did was actually for Star Wars Podcast Day, and I did a whole full episode that was literally just talking about Star Wars games and Star Wars gaming stuff, both classic and new stuff. So that includes Star Wars Outlaws that's coming up very soon. We also had uh, stuff for Respawn Entertainment, the FPS, the RTS, the new Jedi uh, Fallen Order game, the one with Cal Kestis. A lot of stuff that I went into that with that and a, a whole bunch of other topics that I tackled. So I'm having fun with it. I hope people, whenever they get a chance, they can check out the channel. They can listen to it. It's available just on YouTube right now because it's a video podcast at the moment. So it's not on like iTunes or anything. Originally, I was going to do that, but it's just a nightmare when you're working alone trying to figure all this stuff out. So just to keep things simple, YouTube on my YouTube channel is where you get to get it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I usually just plug my phone in. Like if I'm working, I'll just plug my phone in and set the screen so it doesn't shut off or anything and let it mm -hmm. run. It, it does make me want to pay for YouTube premium though, because sometimes something will screw it up. Yeah. Those ads, man. I got yeah. YouTube premium as well. It's like, it's, it's night and day difference. Once you go through it, you don't want to go back because those ads are serious. Absolutely. And we got a comment here from Diamond Figs popping in to say hi. I love this pod in these chats. Keep killing it, guys. What up, Diamond, Diamond Figs? You run Diamond, a great you got to have me too. on your podcast one day, son. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. What's good? Yeah. <laughs> Di Diamond Figs, man. I follow him on um, Instagram. Yeah, same. I like Diamond. A, Diamond's cool. He runs a great, great page over there. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I followed Diamond Figs on Twitter or not before, but you all should. I know is He's he showed up that. on. He showed up on my Instagram, dude, and I'm constantly on his stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we also got Dr. Squatch in here saying hello. Dr. Squatch coming in with the soap. <laughs> Dr. Squatch has arrived. Love it. Michael Nip, YouTube premium, YouTube premium is the way. Yeah, yeah, I need to I need to do it, dude. I spend so much time on YouTube. Do you mm -hmm. have YouTube premium, Alfie? No, I do not. I I keep putting it off. I want to get it too. Yeah, it's, it's so much better. It's so much better than regular. I know it's annoying to have to pay for it, but since you're on it so much, and the other thing too that they use is that really should just be a general feature, but they have it behind a paywall is being able to play stuff when you lock your device, like on an iPad or a phone. That to me, I mean, it once you use it, you don't realize how much you take that for granted. It's hilarious. Oh yeah, that's what I wish I could do sometimes with your pod because I don't always get to watch it visually because I might be like doing a, a job or whatever. And I just want to throw the headphones in and listen to mm -hmm. it, which again, even if you're not like totally tapped into the gaming world, it's a fun podcast to listen to because I don't even know that much about the gaming world. I learn a lot about it from, from that podcast. So Thank we got you. a comment right here. The Senate podcast. The Senate, yeah. I think I was on the Senate podcast. Yeah. I was on the Senate podcast one time. All right. Think, Shout yeah, out to Senate sure. podcast. Well, I tell you pod. what, you do an episode playing Power Wash Simulator, and I'm there. Yes, I did. And by the way, oh, it did. was the one for the Final Fantasy VII collab for a remake that I did. Nice. And 
Funny enough, I was going to at one point, and just time just didn't kind of match up with it. I was going to do one with the Back to the Future collab, and also there was one for SpongeBob SquarePants for Bikini Bottom. I was going to do videos on that, but not a lot of people watched that uh, that video. So I ended up moving on to other stuff because remember, Tekken 8 was coming out and a couple other games right. have been dropping and stuff. So time is well, not on the essence. I discovered that game over Christmas break and I cannot. I love that game. It's chill. Super chill. I got to check oh, it out. I, it's on Game Pass, isn't it? Oh, I, I uh, yeah. And it's Pass. on PlayStation Plus Premium, too. Yeah, I finally just got a hard drive for my Series X because freaking Call of Duty just adds 25 gigs every two months, and I'm getting ready to just delete that game, dude. You, I'm you might want to get get some copium ready at some point. You know, Microsoft or Xbox is in a is in a pickle. <laughs> Put it that way, it's in a spot. Yeah, I mean, we're, we'll definitely hit hit on some of that stuff because I have some questions about some of the gaming news that has been going on. Mm-hmm. One thing I wanted to touch on first, though, as far as topics going to podcast tonight, I want to touch on Carl Weathers and give him his RIP because that was a very that was a very sad day. You know, came out of nowhere. It, that it, one hurt. It did, and and it's like. He's kind of one of those guys who just came off as like an Iron Man just from what he did in the Rocky movies back in the day. Like and just seeing his energy that he had going all the way into him being part of the Mandoverse now, you know, it was just sad to see it because he's been cooking a lot of stuff in Star Wars over the yeah, last He's been on a years. lot of things. I mean, he was on TV. That's Action Jackson. He was I believe it what was it. Happy Gilmore. I believe yep. it was or Happy, yeah, it was Happy Gilmore. Gilmore. Predator. I mean, he was a predator. And by the way, he had some stuff with the Mortal Kombat game when when uh, he had a uh, the Jax outfit, I think the alternate outfit, and that they had did the the old Predator like thing. I think it was Mortal Kombat X. He was a part of that. So Carl Weathers was was busy at some point. And the cool thing is, people loved him. People like you hardly ever hear a person say a bad thing about Carl Weathers, which is awesome. So I mean, it's sad that he went, but also let's keep in mind too, he went in his sleep, which is like the ultimate like ending as far as comfortability you know for living a fulfilled life is concerned for a lot of people he wasn't out here while in he didn't get into an accident nobody hurt him everybody loved carl weather so it's a, it's an interesting end to that type of story absolutely and i mean alfie you brought it up say say what you brought up uh your vision for him uh in the mandoverse in the in the group oh yeah pack. i if you really want to you know do a, him some justice i would have um you know, open Mando with him off world doing something and getting a call from Car. What is what's his name? Carson Treva. Yep. And come back and yeah, he's passed on. The Mandalorians show up, give him you know a Mando honor ceremony to say goodbye for everything he did for them and their people. I mean, I think that would just that'd be pretty epic. You know, the it'd whole be cool. Chanting you know, cool. for Mandalore. Yeah, I, I got an idea. It would be really cool. You know how the IG droid got a statue in the middle of the area that, that he was the high magistrate of? Get a get a statue of him or a bust or something. Same idea. You know, obviously, and again, budget with the show, everything else like that. But that'd be a cool tribute. That'd be, and it would also make sense in universe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that definitely that definitely was, you know, some sad news this week. And what and like on a lighter note, shout out to Carl. To finish that, shout out to Carl Weathers. I mean, just a legendary guy. Yeah. Like one of I, those guys. I true- did go buy one. Oh, well, by I the way, that, those figures are going to go up in value. And anything that you have signed by him from previous events, that's going to go up in value. Big time. 
dude, I had his figure in my hand at Ollie's last week. I'm like, I, I was like, I, get every it. time I see him, I'm like, go get it real I want to get this, you know? And I, for some reason, I just always wind up not making the purchase in the end. So I'm gonna I, I can relate because I, I did that with the, the Hot Wheels Batman stuff. I had the 89 Batwing in my hand there and i have every other hot wheels batman 1 to 50 scale but that one now that thing costs like 50 plus dollars for that little one thing and i could have paid like less than 10 bucks for it at the time i was like ugh dude it's it's crazy man it, it really is they're batman's got some cool figures going on with um with uh mcfarland <laughs> and with the um what what is the uh, name of the company yeah, Nera, Nera or something like that. I forget the name of the company. Either way, they're they're doing these this special tune series of like old school Batman. Then you'll have Batman '89 stuff that they're doing with McFarlane. Oh, is that the one with the 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 movie outfits? All like five of them or six of them? Like that, the big yeah, bundle. I've seen that. Yeah, pretty, pretty big. McFarlane takes care of their Batman fans, dude. Mm. They really do. Alfie, aren't they going to be collaborating with Disney on some stuff too? Because they did do the Avatar figures. Was there yeah. news? Of I'd have to look that up. I think I remember reading something about it, but that's been a while ago. Uh, it's 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 always part of my target run. Those are those figures are usually in the gaming section behind the gaming section where the Funko pops. Yeah, are, at least the way my targets laid out. Same. Same in so. mind. It's right next to the Legos too, so that's why I hit them all there and I look at them all just to look at the sets. <laughs> yep, I, I go, I go Legos, I go Star Wars Black Black Series and uh, Marvel Legends, and then I go over to the Funko section and then like the other figures that are all next to that. Mm. Some of the stuff that drifts into like the horror universe and everything like that. It's yeah. it's Looks it's like always the, fun making a target run. They're doing the Disney Mirrorverse. Oh, I know the Mirrorverse. I've seen those figures before. They're like darker versions of Disney characters yeah. that are a lot more like, you know, fantasy or, or like sci-fi fantasy elements. Like, they're pretty cool looking. Yeah, I, um, <clears throat> whatchamacallit. Oh, sorry. Got thrown off there. I, I, I'm like in danger with the Lego section coming up right now because there's, there's so many good Lego sets coming out. I want that Malik figure from the R2-D2. If I had the yeah. extra cash to blow on it, I would totally get that because, again, because of KOTOR, that's the only like few KOTOR-related things I've seen from Lego, and I want it so bad, but that, Dude, that set are, is at least $300. going to be plus. so hard to find just because of that. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's expensive as it is already, like... The, those Lego sets are not cheap. Like when well, I dude, paid, that... when I got my my BD one, my BD one I got on a deal which was still like close to like a hundred plus bucks on it. Like it's those sets are not any joke. They they are very expensive at times. Dude, surprisingly, that R two set is retailing at ninety nine ninety nine, which is not cheap. Nah. Yeah, it's not the cheap. One? The twenty fifth but... anniversary one. What yeah, it's a hundred bucks, dude. Wow. I'm surprised. And, and people are. It's funny because the Lego community is kind of kind of laughing because. Lego just came out with a UCS R2-D2 about a year and a half or two years ago, where that one is 200 to 220. Yeah, but that has more stuff in it, I heard. That, yeah, that actually it's has bigger. more like, stuff built into it, that capabilities and other functionality that's different than the new one that's coming out now. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, you can pre-order it on Amazon uh, right now. And I'm mm. like, dude, 100 bucks. And and even the uh, the um what you call it the tandem uh, tandem tandem five four, uh, tandem tandem four, four. Uh, yeah that that scene looks freaking awesome and I think that's a fifty dollars set mm. and that comes with like six figures 
people aren't happy about the fives figure that it comes with. Um, well, some people aren't. Uh, it's kind of random though. Like yeah. those little bonus minifigs are super random. Like again, I love the Malik figure for R2-D2, but like Malik has really nothing to do with R2-D2. You would think like it would be some other special thing related to R2 that get paired up with that. Or with that one, that Tanif 4 set, you know, that whole thing would have another character that'd be related to it, you know, in some way. You know, it just seems seems a little bit random where they're just kind of throwing random stuff into there just to get people excited for picking up the exclusives. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I'm actually I want to I want to throw this up here real quick, too, because and then we won't spend too long on this, but I get super jacked up about Lego talk. No, they've really? got this yeah, um, little mini Falcon. They've got the yeah, they've got the mini scale Millennium Falcon. That is not the new <laughs> that, that is freaking massive, dude. That's awesome. Um, there's That's the new, new one right there. Yeah. Which dude, it comes with a display plaque like that yeah. thing, like for a hundred bucks, dude, like yeah, that's pretty I've, nice. I, it's I've not bad that. to build that. I mean, again, they, they just get pricey to add up all those sets. Like the last one I just got, I, I got it as a gift that someone sent me. It's, it's one of the cheaper sets, but it's the Jedi Starfighter with Obi-Wan Kenobi from episode two that got sent out to me. But if I was buying like multiple sets like that, those things will add up like this, like super quickly. Did you see the invisible hand uh, set as well that they came out with? They got the invisible uh, hand. The uh, yeah, that's the name of it, right? The sh the ship that uh, that oh, Anakin um, crashes in. Yeah. Okay. Gen yeah. From that's episode General three. Yeah. Ship. Okay. That I saw. I, I forgot it was called the invisible hand. Yeah. Yeah. So they've got the Tan of Four invisible hand, fifty bucks. That's a great price too. These are it's all really part of the twenty fifth anniversary. The ten eight four, it, it that set better be bigger if it's going to be like an extra like third twenty dollars or thirty dollars more. Yeah, you know what, dude? Forty nine. You know what? I really don't think it is. I think that they're just taking that's six hundred fifty four pieces. Falcon, the, they're charging the, the eighty five for that. That's nine twenty one. A lot of tiny pieces though. That's yeah. where. That's where things can get lost keep, in translation. Keep in mind too, it's probably also based off the popularity of this of like each individual thing like i could yep. totally understand that yeah i mean 55 bucks for bo the boarding <laughs> can of four for how many minifigs you get in that set that's that's definitely a great deal so mm -hmm. star wars is uh star wars is cooking and if you have 650 spare dollars you can get the venator as well the venator looks sick but that is so much money for that yeah. I said, and and, and I say this as someone because my fingers. my brother he has the Death Star set, the big one like that. He actually got okay. that as a as a prize from IGN one year that they actually sent it over to him, and that thing is huge. It's got so many pieces to it, but those sets are like ridiculously expensive. Yeah, I mean that's like th this this one it was like a single gift that I got that was a combo gift, the Disney mm -hmm. Castle behind me. That Looks took nice. me freaking. Uh, that probably took me, I don't know, over a week to build just because each, mm. I think it was like, I don't even know how many bags. It was like 40 bags altogether because each one had, each number had two bags. So oh, wow. it, it was wild, dude. Plus I have a backlog sitting next to me right now too. So yeah. my Lego, my Lego life is you overloaded. Need space. Right now. <laughs> I need a lot of space. I know, dude. I just built more shelves in here and I'm running out of space on them. I'm I'm gonna have to start like selling some of these or something. I don't even know. Wow. <laughs> so on to more uh news. And we're gonna we're gonna work into like some of these movie announcements that were that were hit. But um this is kind of off 
Star Wars topic, but did you guys see the story of Disney possibly merging to make a like mega sports network with Fox? Okay, and yeah, Warner? Yes. I saw a little bit about this, but it, it has to do with ESPN, Fox Sports, and uh, I forgot the other thing, the, the third one. It's something like that, but it's supposed to be like one app. Or like one giant app that everybody could go to for whatever sports stuff that you're looking for. Because, I mean, they have deals for broadcast with a lot of the different big sports. So I think NBA, uh, NFL, uh, I think uh, golf was another thing of it. You know, stuff like that. So most of the stuff that you would probably see on ESPN or elsewhere, you probably get it in one spot. Same thing like I, I don't remember if it was Paramount or CBS or something like that. But it was one thing that they were all trying to just pull their entire stuff into one giant app. Yeah. Yeah, that makes me nervous that they're going to put like a, a game a week behind a paywall. Like I, I think that because they recently had a playoff game that only streamed on Peacock. And yeah. I think these guys saw that and were like, dude, let's band together and pretty much just like do more of this stuff that forces people to have to get streaming when, you know, th people have said that sports are essentially what's keeping the major, the big three uh, or I guess you could say the big four networks in business, ABC, yeah. CBS, um, NBC, like uh, the, Fox. The, yeah. Fox. Like these yeah. are the, the, the sports are what like pump their ratings and get their advertising. Because so. people watch them, people pay for them. Like the thing is with sports fans, kind of like movie fans and star Wars fans and everything else, you know, to tie it all together, they're going to pay for the stuff that they watch. Cause they're fanatics about it. They're, they're huge, big fans about this. Like everybody complained and moaned about the the nfc and the afc games right okay going in now to the super bowl which is coming up this sunday like that but everybody's buying peacock or paramount yeah it's peacock that that's on yep. the, the the super bowl or if it's or is it paramount plus paramount um P yeah i'm not, i think it's paramount peacock plus, was the nfc game that was the one with the chiefs at, at uh everybody uh, i forgot which team it was um the it chiefs, was, uh, not, chiefs not the Lions. buffalo oh chiefs and the bills yeah yeah okay where where that happens but the point is is that for games, for big games, even if you're not a big sports fan, but if you're someone that watches the big games like the Super Bowl, especially even if you watch it for the trailers, remember that's the main reason why a lot of people that aren't sports fans watch these things is because they debut big Hollywood trailers. So Star Wars stuff, Marvel's about to have a big drop very soon with Deadpool 3. There's going to be other big trailers for movies that are going to drop during the big game, probably by halftime, you know, and, and the halftime show. Don't even get me started with Usher. Like that's the main reason why these things are being able to, to exist like that, where people are going to drop that 14 a month or 15 a month or whatever it is to see that stuff. Yep. No, I definitely agree. And did you see that random uh, empire magazine? Hello there. I, did. I talked about what? it yes. earlier today on TikTok. What, what, what's up? There, with there's that? a lot of things that people thought it could be. I think it's, I think it's star Wars live action one. And I think also if either, if it's not the acolyte and if it's not Andor season two, it could possibly be skeleton crew. And and the easiest candidate to say would be Andor season two, but I think that got pushed back to like 2025, right? Something like yeah, that got pushed back heavily. I think everything got pushed back, but I think as far as stuff that's the closest and the nearest to releasing, it's either got to be the Acolyte or Skeleton Crew. That's because those are the two projects we haven't really seen yet. You know, as far as like anything concrete outside of Star Wars Celebration. Star Wars says, says what's up, guys? What up, Star Wars Sith? We see you lurking in there. I don't think we didn't catch you. And Michael Nip, you're right. It was TNT is getting in mm. on that action as well. Yeah, but I watched I watched the game, the the Chiefs game. I watched it on a, a Peacock at one point, and I think yeah. the other one I watched is Paramount Plus. 
I want, uh, no. That's what I have. I have Peacock already. I mean, Peacock has some good stuff on it. I remember we got Peacock when the office shifted over to there instead of uh, Netflix. Yeah. And there, there's just some other stuff on there because they're linked to Bravo as well. And there's just some random shows we'll throw on. I yeah, mean, they're that's... underneath like one umbrella. Most of them like Discovery is with like, I think Discovery is with Max, something like that, or, or HBO or Warner Brothers, basically. And then uh, Disney has a lot of the other the other big things that are all under Disney Plus and Hulu. Yeah. I mean, while we're on that topic, do you think we're going to see any uh, Star Wars premieres during this uh, Super Bowl? If during the Super Bowl, I don't know. I think it's going to be more Marvel stuff because the Marvel stuff, the biggest thing, obviously, is Deadpool 3, Deadpool and Wolverine. That's the big one that everybody's waiting on. That's their biggest thing that's going to probably be shown that has the most attention. As far as I have Star the Wars trailers right here that are coming out the Super Bowl. Which one? I have all. The list of the 10. Oh, okay. Which ones are out. confirmed? Deadpool 3, Inside Out 2, Okay. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. A Quiet Place Day 1. Yeah, they just had the trailer just recently. That was a, that was a that, wild that just trailer. Happened, so that doesn't even really count. If. Oh, if Bob, if also had their one too prior to that. that so that's yeah. another Super Bowl ad. Bob Marley. Same thing. Wicked, that comes out really soon. The Fall Guy, Kung Fu Panda 4, and Twisters. Yeah, Twisters is new. Twisters, uh, I don't remember them having a trailer, but all those other ones, except for Deadpool 3, whatever it's called, are all out, like as far as trailers are concerned. They've already shown their stuff or they're about to release because Bob Marley comes out like next week, I think it is, or something. It's like really soon. Dude, I'm sick of these companies releasing their Super Bowl ads before the Super Bowl because that Paramount Plus ad was hilarious. And I'm kind of like, I <laughs> yeah. wish well, I wish Sleep. they just, yeah, I wish they just waited for the Super Bowl for that. Well, like, that's probably because they got other stuff because keep in mind, they're trying to get people hyped up so they could guarantee eyes on that event. And keep in mind too, let's be real. It costs a stupid amount of money to advertise during the Super Bowl, let alone tickets for the actual game in the city, which are like thousands upon thousands of dollars right now. But- the advertisements are like in the millions just for a 30 second spot. That's insane. Yeah. That's what my, uh, my, my little guy, he's turning uh seven February 17th. And, uh, he's like, he was, he said to us, Hey, uh, do you think we could go to the Super Bowl before my birthday? That's what I want for my yeah, birthday. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You can oh, go to geez. Super Bowl right downstairs. Watch it there. There you go. Go <laughs> <Front row> seat. <laughs> Yo, you really want to mess with them? Get a VR headset and be like, "Hey, here you go." There you go. Yeah. VR. I mean, dude. Yeah, you could get one of those new Apple ones where you know people are. Uh, apparently, there was a guy sitting courtside at a Celtics game uh, yep. last night wearing one of those. That what do you think about thing. those, JJ? Do you like them? I personally don't. I'll I'll say, mm -hmm. I personally am not a fan of it. I I just think it's I think it's just a little too much for me. Funny I enough, like tech me, and you, world, but... me and you have talked about VR before, and like I said back then. I'll say it. I'll reiterate it now. The problem with VR is that it's going to be beyond gaming. It's like real tests. It's real capabilities are going to be beyond gaming and video game stuff. But and stuff like that, being at a concert, being at a, a sports event courtside where they have cameras where you could feel like you're there courtside with all the other celebrities. You're just not there in person. That's where VR is going to really take off for stuff like that. Outside of other applications that are a little bit much more general, like medical applications, space applications, et cetera. That's where the entertainment value, I feel like, for VR is really going to be at. Do I think it's cool technology? Yeah, of course. I've used VR. I've done videos on the VR stuff for Star Wars Squadrons and a few other things. You know, I haven't done it on the channel, but I've played Vader Immortal. Like, you know, the stuff like that is cool. However, 
But I feel like we we have such a limited view on what VR can really do at the current moment because one, the install base, there isn't a lot of people out there that have the means to afford a VR device, whether it's a PSVR 2, the Apple one, a Vive, an Oculus Rift, whatever the case might be. I think there's a very small subset of people that are able to explore that technology and it's going to take longer for it to really develop because the install base is just not there compared to regular consoles like a PlayStation 5, like an Xbox Series X, and a Nintendo Switch. You know, because if there was and there was big numbers there, you start seeing more developers and more companies put a lot more effort and time into making experiences that are really going to push that ahead. But I still think it's cool. I think it's stupid, by the way, with the Apple device to go walking around with it. I think that's stupid. Or driving. I don't know if you saw that. That was yeah. really stupid. That's really unsafe. But you know, I saw a guy walking just Apple street, fanatics, just like you yeah. know, and, and like he's man, like going relax. across the street. Start. Go back. Go back home. Go put it away in the car. You know what I'm saying? Like as, as much as people steal iPhones and iPads out of people's hands, what's to stop somebody from just <laughs> yanking it off your head and you know? Yeah, there is there is no reload when you're getting mugged. Exactly, dude. Like, One on. punch from the side, you're done. I mean, yeah, it does enough, have a wire on it. I don't know if you but... saw this, but that VR device, the, the front layer of it on it, the glass, you could actually take it off. And I'm guessing Apple at one point is going to sell replacement things for that. But they could, like, if you drop it and it cracks, it just peels right off. And the actual visor itself with everything you're looking at is still fine. So I think, like, with stuff like that, like, it brings up all types of questions and such. But I think that people need to chill as far as, like, you know, showing out all their technology or being with the latest technology right now because apple fanatics are stupid <laughs> that's yeah. the, that's the one thing i've learned over time <laughs> yeah, yeah and i'll agree with you about the applications of vr because it is really expensive even just the, yeah. we have the oculus and it's not that expensive until like what we just went through where one of the controllers stopped working oh yeah and then you gotta replace it yeah but that the <laughs> price was it was better to buy a whole new system than to buy a controller. Yeah, it's it gets really stupid at some point because keep in mind, you're spending that money into there and there's not a lot of applications that you're really going to use. It's not like a console with like a PS5 or an Xbox Series X where you know on a regular basis, you might not be playing the same experience, but you're going to be experiencing other things with it. Hell, you might, you're, you watch other stuff on your consoles like Netflix or whatever the streaming dev, uh, service that's on there. Hell, you might even watch YouTube and stuff. And you could technically do the same thing with those VR devices, but how many of those people, how big are the numbers going to be for people that are actually doing that by actually going out and getting the device? That's the big issue here. So I feel like over time, that's all going to develop. We're going to get some amazing experiences in like years from now, but it's going to be a very slow burn or going to be a very slow progression. No matter how much people at CES or all these other events want to tell people, it's just not realistic. I don't run into people on the street that are actively talking about that they're buying VR devices in the same way that they would go buy a TV or go buy like a DVD player or, or, or streaming device, you know, whatever the case might be. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know, it's, I even relate it to, it's like a lot of people don't like seeing movies in 3d because they don't like wearing the glasses, you mm -hmm. know? And I, I don't know if that's totally relatable, but like, I felt like movies being presented in 3d was something that people were like, this is going to be the future. Every movie is going to be in 3D and everything like that. And I know people where, you know, like when we were going to see Avatar, like they were like, I can't see it in 3D. Like, and it was like a majority of the party did not want to see it in 3D. You know what I mean? It's like when it comes to wearing stuff on your face and everything like that, I mean, not everybody's down with it. And, you know, well, it's I can more take a novelty it than it is a necessity. It's like, you know, you can say that about any piece of technology. You can say that about cell phones. You can say that about tablets. You can say about smart glasses 
and stuff. A lot of it, a lot of those things, I should say, started off as novelties for a long time. And bef before they eventually found applications where they became a necessity, I don't see a thing right now with AR, VR stuff that where it becomes a necessity, at least anytime soon, like that for the common person. And let me just, uh, you know, while, while we're kind of still close to the topic, let me just share this on here that if you want to sit in the nosebleeds of the Super Bowl, uh, you're looking at about five, six, gr six grand. Yeah. Hell no. Plus, uh, you know, those add on fees that StubHub will get you with. Oh, that's before you get the snacks, too. Don't even like it's crazy. You got to yeah, have a lot of like expendable income for that. Like that's not for the common football fan. Like at if all. You, if you want to sit behind the Chiefs bench, you can spend twenty eight thousand four hundred and twenty nine dollars before tax. If I spend twenty eight thousand dollars on a ticket. But number one, I better have a plus one. Number one. And number two, I better have like free snacks and drinks like the whole day for the weekend. Give me, give me a package. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And you get to meet, uh, and is it Vegas too? Cause like, I mean, I get it. There's a lot of people that are going to go there and they have a lot of expendable income to buy stuff like that. So there's a certain crowd that's going to go to this Super Bowl. It's going to be a lot of like celebrity. It's going to be a lot of business people, a lot of industry people that have the income to spend like that. Cause the common person is just not going to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I always enjoy the Super Bowl hype, but it, it's, it's absolutely wild. Mm -hmm. Um, so we have a year for Mando and Grogu, if that's going to be the title. I doubt it's going to be the title. No, that's the official title. That's, that's yeah, they it. they put out the, the card, what was it, earlier today or yesterday? No, that, that I don't think is real. That little like title card and stuff cause that you're talking about, I don't think that's real. But I, the only reason why I say the title is real, like it's specifically the Mandalorian and Grogu, is because all the trades actually got that in the press release from, uh, uh, was it, from Disney and Lucasfilm says that. So that's the official title from them. But I don't know if that title card is necessarily real. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think they could come up with a pretty cool name to add on to it. Maybe it'll be like the Mandalorian and Go Grogu. Uh, and then like, you know how they'll add a Star Wars story? Like maybe it will have something to do with like, you know, like whatever goes on after season four, you know, uh, what, what, what should we call it? Like, you know, Thrawn, Thrawn rising or something like that. The Mandalorian and Grogu Thrawn rising, like random. I, I don't know. I like that. I, I, I don't like it to be honest. I, if with, with the big ensemble film like this, keep in mind, this is not the ensemble film. This is the first film that's going to be coming out and it's before the Ray film, but also the big Dave Filoni ensemble film. I still believe it's going to be called air to the empire. I, I really do. I, and they would be very smart to do that marketing wise. And also because they know everybody knows that's the type of story that they're adapting clearly from a lot of their stuff. And I think just as brand awareness and as far as like really making it clear to all star Wars fans, not just older fans, but, and, and just newer fans, but everybody like this is the direction and this is the type of thing we're doing. It's getting everybody on board with that. And I think it's going to work to their advantage. So I really hope they don't drop the ball. They, they got to figure out what that Ray movie title is first off before they even get up ahead. Cause I mean, I could deal with the Mandalorian and Grogu, but Star Wars New Jedi Order, I'm not feeling that. I don't think that's what that movie's called either. Is this the title that you guys were talking about? That was right the one there? I saw. I don't think that's yeah. real. I, I would have to see it from Disney or StarWars.com or Lucasfilm the self to believe that's real. Because that looks like a Photoshop job. Yeah, I mean, I could make that on um, 
on Photoshop because it I looks have just too uneven. Like no studio and no like graphic designer that I know would would have a thing like that unless there was a character there with like Mando's helmet or something. It just looks like there's all that open space there. You know, it just looks weird. Yeah, I could see it if there is a, a graphic right there. It would look a little bit better. I'm not crazy about the name. I think it's pretty like, I mean, I guess I guess that's just what it is. I don't know. Star Wars is just Star Wars. So maybe hey, it's just the, and the I went name. through the Phantom Menace. So, yeah, but the Phantom Menace is a better move. That's a, that. that's a badass name, dude. That's yeah, not, at least there was not, some no, no, thought behind on. the Phantom Menace. You have to go back to 1998. It, it was yeah, not. I, I, I did was not there. seem that badass at the I time. I was there, and it's like yeah. the thing is, over the years though, there was a a lot more details that came out about the explanation of the naming. Because remember, all the prequel movies they were names and giving homage to classic like B movie slash like uh, was it? I forgot the name of it. Those small movies. Oh, like right. the Flash Gordon uh, films in the theaters before right. an actual feature, like those were nods to that and stuff, and and also nods to classic like black and white films too. Yeah, apparently. but but like Mando Broke just sounds like lazy. The title of like a Scooby Doo straight to VHS movie to me. Yeah, Attack yeah, of the I mean, Clones. I'll give you it's a little closer to that. I, I'll admit it's a little silly, but like even then, like you know, it, it to me it sounds better and more well thought out. Like there's something there behind it. Than just the Mandalorian and Grogu. At least the Mandalorian and Grogu is like, okay, yeah, we know they're hanging out though. Like, yeah, that would be like if Solo, a Star Wars movie, was just called Han Solo and Chewbacca. You know, that's it. Like, yeah, right? Han and Chewie. Han and Chewie. How did How did Chewie sounds like kinda, a better name though? That kind of slaps, actually. I, I can, I like can actually get behind that. It's like it's like Dom and it's like uh the the Fast and Furious movie Dom and uh I forgot. Oh my god. Um. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw. That was yeah. that was it. Hobbs and Shaw. I could believe yeah. that, but just it, I would even get behind this movie if it was called Mando and Grogu. Yeah, I could, I could get behind that. It's still stupid, but like it's a lot better when you really think about it. Or even if it was just called The Mandalorian, like I don't know, having and Grogu in it like just kind of makes it a little odd to me. Yeah, we know Grogu is a part of it, you know, but. Yeah, but know. you want those casual fans to know that Grogu's a part of yeah, it. Yeah, but too. even so, like the 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 thing is, this whole argument or not argument, but like debate amongst a lot of different franchises when it comes to casual fans and casual viewers. Casual viewers are not stupid. The casual audience is not oblivious, and the casual audience is not someone that is like a simpleton. Like they they're they're paying customers like anybody else, and they do have the ability to think for themselves and think rationally about stuff. This is why that argument about Warner Brothers back in the day when when Nolan was making his Batman movies that you can't have Batman anywhere else because otherwise the common casual viewer is going to get confused and think that it's part of continuity. So I was like, no, we're not idiots. Like we just love watching these characters and just seeing characters in different versions or whatever. The point is they weren't dumb enough to believe that nonsense. So with this, just calling it the Mandalorian and Grogu, again, it just feels lazy and very shallow to me. Yeah. You know, and I hope the movie's good though, because I'm gonna watch it day one. I'm gonna be there like everybody else. But let's hope it's actually something good. And keep in mind, it's the first Star Wars movie since the rise of Skywalker that's gonna come out. I think it's 2025 that they said it's coming out. I think they said for this one, they said 2026. 2026. So that's way out there. <laughs> Dude, I thought it was originally when they when they released that like um teaser, like, hey, this is gonna be our next movie out of nowhere, you know, when all like the Ray uh movie like yeah, they changed you know, that 
hype was yeah. going on. I swear they said 2025 at that time. That's that's what I heard originally was 2025, and then everything got shuffled around. And remember, Jeff Schneider came out about his report on his uh, on his actual newsletter and stuff, and he talked about it. Well, stuff he talked about that, and he talked about the Ray movie, and then everything yeah. else started to pop up everywhere. Yeah, so 2026, dude. I mean. Phew. Just gotta wait for all this stuff. GTA, uh, GTA Six, Mando movie. Oh, you know. next next year is gonna pop off. Like, I'm wow. driving, dude. I'm driving carefully out there, man. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm looking both ways. Even when the lights green, dude. I I need to make it to all this shit. Like seriously, <laughs> when you're pushing it, when when I'm like, oh my god, a new Star Wars movie's coming out. Which like we've been hearing that for the last couple of years now that a new mm -hmm. Star Wars movie's coming out. I finally have the faith that this one is going to happen. Like that I thing's like, no, guys, for real this time. We are. <laughs> Seriously, it's happening this time. Don't trust me. <laughs> guys, I promise. Like, dude, that would be like me. Like, that would be like uh, I'm I, I do like bathroom renovations. That would be like me telling someone I'm gonna renovate their bathroom for two years and just still not doing it. And then this time again being like Listen, I'm going to go renovate your bathroom. I promise you this time I'm going to do it. All right. You know, the person's just like, uh, yeah, you're full of shit. But I, I believe I believe that this movie is going to happen because to me, it's an automatic moneymaker. And that's what Disney needs right now. They need some money. Yep. They need a, a W. They need a box office win. So it is what it is. And they're going to be getting money from Epic Games now. That's one thing. That's no, they're investing money into Epic Games. Like they're paying like a billion dollars. And are, and are they getting a percentage stake in the company? For they're getting that? a minority stake in Epic Games, I believe it was. Because I remember Bob Iger was just on some interview. I don't know if it was CNBC or MSNBC that he was on where he was talking about it when the announcement came out. They're investing a little bit and they're collaborating with Epic Games because they're going to do uh, different worlds or different like digital stuff areas within Fortnite. So that means includes... Uh, Star Wars, Marvel, uh, Disney, Avatar, and everything else related to those properties. And it's going to be kind of like a metaverse almost type of thing, but just a digital verse where in Fortnite, you'll get a lot of the same type of collaborations and events that you've been getting now. So concerts, I could totally see movie premieres, trailer premieres, news announcements, uh, big you know game related stuff for Fortnite itself, like competitive wise. And then he even mentioned that he wants to try to get to the point to sell physical goods. Like actual stuff, like if you were buying like through Amazon or something, but just buying it through there, why not? So it's ambitious. Yeah. It's a lot of money. And, you know, Fortnite's a big deal because Fortnite, Fortnite keeps winning because of the collabs. They've had a bunch of not only the, the Star Wars collabs, but also the Marvel collabs and a lot yeah. of other things too as well. And they even got more coming like very soon. So they're just like out here, like really burning up, like doing a lot of big stuff. So getting something like this is going to make it even more so because other big brands, kind of like what the, you've seen with, celebrities and other like sports stars and stuff because i remember a couple i think it was a year or two ago i went to an event down here in south florida that i actually got to meet with some epic games people and they were telling us how they did an event with lebron james at one point with that so they're big they're big thing that's attracting a lot of like big brands and big things that they could actually do so this is nothing new yeah and and they've proven themselves to have <coughs> longevity because i i still play fortnite personally i was playing it last night i came in second place five rounds in a row i was losing my freaking mind nice but job. they have a uh, mm. they have a ninja turtles um collab that they're about yeah, to be that's right out with. that um, was the last one that came out recently right well they've been having nuggets in the map of the ninja turtles and now mm. it's like they have this countdown where they have shredder like on on this one section of the home screen 
And uh, I guess I, I think it's kind of funny because I'm like, I'm like uh, going like all in on a Ninja Turtles thing. I mean, I guess that is an IP that you can go in on whenever yeah, you course. want, but I'm like, I feel like uh, they should have probably done this like a little while ago when the movie was the new movie was coming. Maybe, out, but, but but keep in mind, look what they were doing like not that long. They did Star Wars like multiple yeah. times. They did Marvel. They did Alien. You know, they did um, uh, X Men. I think at one point with other Marvel stuff, they did. I think they did Superman. They did DC stuff at one point yep. too. Yep. Like there's a lot. They're they're insane. They're they're attracting a lot of collabs that are just working because the game is so big. There's such a huge install base across multiple platforms. Yeah. Cell phone, Xbox. Uh, it's on the Switch too now, right? Yeah, it's everywhere. It's literally, yeah. you can play Fortnite literally everywhere. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was a hater of Fortnite for a little bit, but I do enjoy the game because honestly, I, I feel like the creators put the work in on it. So I don't think it that's the a bad best live service action game right now. Like straight up. It, it's the one technically you could say that it, it helped define what a live service can, game could be like in the modern day now, because we had that, we had PUBG, we had uh, Apex Legends and Overwatch, like that. And you yeah. can even throw in Call of Duty Warzone in there too. But I think that Fortnite is the most successful out of all of them, like clearly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you got people playing Fortnite in the house, Alfie? Actually, uh, we had a major Molinero meltdown last week over Fortnite. <laughs> um, I've told you guys in here and in the chat you know my youngest one discovered minecraft about a month ago so that's been fine we've gone through the minecraft but then she found out she could play it on her brother's xbox and that opened up a whole new world to her and then i found out she was started playing fortnite and now that she can't play it when he's playing a game, it's just mass hysteria in our house. <laughs> I'm probably going to end up having to buy another Xbox just so you gotta prepare. Can then wait until the next fad comes around with another big game. Like it's and then when they get older, when they start playing the other games, you start to play yeah. too. That's when you're really going to have to be ready for it. <laughs> yeah, right now it's just Minecraft and Roblox, but she's starting to play Fortnite. Hmm. Yeah, we 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 got my my little guys into a lot of a lot of games. Honestly, dude, any Lego games he's on because he he realized what Xbox Game Pass is on my Xbox, so he's constantly on Game Pass. Like, oh look, they they have this game on here. That's why I just had to get a new hard drive, dude, because Call of Duty just eats up all of my freaking space. Yeah. And I'll I have like hundred plus, hundred fifty plus. Yeah, dude, it might even be close to two hundred now. It really I might because of the updates and all the other content they do. Dude, here's my question, and this is just totally like this is just random talk for me, especially related to this podcast. I saw a video one time saying that like the devs at Call of Duty purposely don't unload data from the game, so it eats up so much space, so you can't download other games, so you play their game. Like, I don't know if that would be proven. I mean, that sounds like some conspiracy theory nonsense from people that are fans and probably play the game or, or like hate on the game, but. I do know that the textures, the sounds, and specific elements of the game itself are uncompressed. That's why it's so huge because that's how you get the good quality for the visuals and the sound quality when you're playing. Yeah. That's that's the biggest reason. And keep in mind, when you're getting updates and you're trying to install them, that's what takes the longest. It's not so much the download. It's the install and the updating of it that really takes a long time. Another one that's like that also too is Overwatch. Whenever you get an update, it takes longer to install than it is to download the actual thing. Yeah. That's why you're there and you're taking up so much space with it. But Call of Duty specifically is because a lot of the stuff is uncompressed. I don't think it necessarily has to do with the competition. 
to them. It's just more, they're just huge games. And that's, that's just how why it is. I'm like, could there be like a huge drop off of, of data on this game, considering that it's technically just been a big update for the last like uh, five there's, years? There's or been whatever. instances like, on PC where there's like, you know, a memory leak and stuff that causes problems on PC, but it's it's not really anything that that isn't easily solved for a lot of places, whether it's through mods or again, other updates. They're usually on top of that. Granted, we all complain about the quality of matches when it comes to Call of Duty, especially Warzone, literally all the time. And, and also keep in mind, there's a lot of cheaters on Warzone, you know, just the, the nature of the beast. You know, they, they, they say they have ricochet that helps keep people out from like cheating and stuff, but that doesn't really help. We all know oh, it doesn't yeah. really do nothing. It's minimal yeah, I, effort, but I'm, I'm watching replays. They're still I'm big. They're still big. Uh, there's still big, uh, you know, a big install base and, and a huge game that people just keep playing it regardless of the, the criticism and stuff. Absolutely. Hey, and other news too. John Williams, 92 years old today. The GOAT. How about happy, that? Happy, happy birthday. birthday. The GOAT of cinematic music uh, was in music, straight up, of scoring movies. <laughs> Our guy tried to retire for like a minute and then was just like, yeah, I can't do this. The I man's like Jordan. He just keeps coming back for more. Like, he's just there's there's no way you could tell he's gonna be scoring movies and and doing music until the day that he's no longer around like yeah. literally he's never gonna retire he just loves it too much and he's good that's the thing everybody wants him back exactly i mean you, you know that i i have a soundtrack on my phone of just a, a, a mix-up of john williams scores dude and he has created the scores for so many big movies that's why i always say I think John Williams has a lot to do with why some of those big movies are as big as they are because the the scores that he wrote for them were so epic that it oh, just yeah. made the movie that Easily. much better. <laughs> that that music makes some of those movies. Look, E.T., Jaws, Star Wars, Superman, Harry Potter, like <laughs> yeah. that alone is like a goat career. Yeah. And then he still got more. On top. He he made I didn't know this. He did a score for the NFL. For yeah. for one of for one of the Super Bowls, and it's and it's like freaking amazing. It's like it it's not. Let's be real. There's certain sports teams for different like organizations that just get people hype and they're timeless and stuff. But like it's a John Williams theme, and it's freaking amazing. It makes like any Super Bowl that they played at it to, and they probably do it to this one coming up. Gonna sound freaking epic. It's like you can't. The man just just does not miss. Literally, yep. <laughs> he's been doing it for like what thirty plus years. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. It really is. It's remarkable. And he's they're saying he's going to be scoring some of these new Star Wars movies coming up. So, you know, I'm, that, I'm that's why it. they got to happen. I mean, I might not like the stories for whatever reason, but I'll love the music. I said the same thing about the sequel trilogy. He has amazing music. Is that John Williams music. behind the, the, the wheel? Absolutely. Now, uh, on my list, as I'm going down here, I'm hitting I'm hitting the one topic that obviously was. Uh, blowing up on the internet. Uh, Gina Carano is suing Disney and Lucasfilm. Uh, so Elon Musk uh, offered for anyone who lost their job because of Twitter that he would pay the lawyer fees for them to sue whatever company because they lost their job because of whatever they said on Twitter. Gina Carano threw a Hail Mary to see if she could get representation from Elon Musk's lawyers. And it happened. So Gina Carano is suing. She put a big statement out on Twitter the other day. So, um, you know, I'd like to get each of your reactions to that. I'll start uh, with JJ and we'll go to Alfie afterwards. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of things to say about this. And a lot of it has already been said on the Internet and both sides on a lot of different subjects and stuff. So at the risk of sounding redundant, you know, here's my two cents on this. 
I don't foresee this going far in court for a couple reasons. Okay. You don't even have to feel a certain type of way about Gina Carano, what she said, or about you know, Musk or anything else like that. If you look at just at the objective facts of the case that are being presented, right? Some of the things that are out there. Number one, okay, some of the things that she's asking for, especially for what she's suing for, not only seem a little bit low, which is fine, the money is the money. Like they, I guarantee you, other people, if they were su suing a comp an organization like Disney, they would be probably suing for millions of dollars, not $75,000. But the other thing, the reason why I don't think this is going to go far in court and it's probably going to get thrown out is because she's asking the court to force Disney to recast her. There's no way in any scenario that that's going to happen, like period. I think that one, the court's not going to agree with that because I don't think it's constitutional to do that, to force a company to rehire somebody unless it was already where, you know, it was already, I guess you could say, because she's suing it to, for, what is it? Um, uh, Oh my God, I forgot the term of it. It's like, she was fired unreasonably. I forgot the- Wrong, Wrongful termination. Wrongful termination. Yeah, like that. But even then you can't force a company to rehire somebody for whatever reason. I'm pretty sure that there's no scenario in this where that happens. The other thing too, we have to acknowledge too, there might be information on all sides that we're just not privy to because we don't know the inner workings of Disney. We don't know what other stuff that they might have or Disney might have. And the other part of this too, probably the biggest thing, California where Disney and I'm pretty sure where she resides, where she was employed is an at-will at -will state, I think it is, where you're hired and the company could let you go for any reason. That's at yeah. their discretion, you know, provided there's something reasonable in there. And I think that, you know, in their case, they're going to argue like, look, whatever you were putting out online, whatever you were saying online in all these places was really impacting not only our business, but also a lot of stuff that we're trying to do here on our end. I feel like there was a problem with that, no matter how you feel about it. So I feel like this court case is probably not going to go far. I think there is an element that Elon Musk is probably doing this for the lulls and probably doing this for, you know, the perception of stuff because he's him and Disney are not on good terms right now. Him and Bob no. Iger, they're not on good terms. You can feel however you want about that. You know, you could have an opinion or a stance on it or whatnot. But the fact is that they're just not good. And I feel like if they were fine and there was no friction between them, this probably wouldn't be happening at all. I feel like, I feel like this is all grandstanding, but I don't think she's going to go far in her case. And you, you don't have to dislike Gina Carano to feel that way. You don't have to dislike what went down and how everything happened to feel that way. I just think objectively, it's just not going to go the way that she thinks. And I don't think that's going to go very far. I think it's going to get thrown out. Yeah. That's just the legal system. Yeah. Yeah. Well put, well put there. What do you, what do you got on it, Alfie? I don't know, man. This isn't, this is something I feel really strongly about and probably shouldn't talk about. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's up to you. I mean, it's yeah, I, the, and I think it, as far as the court case goes, yeah, I, I don't really see much coming out of it. To me, it's just more of the situation and how it unfolded. I think it's kind of <clears throat> I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I, I think it was crap. And, you know, I'd like to see people treated a little more fairly. I think. Uh, there's too much of it's okay for certain people to say things as long as you say it about the right people. And I, I just, I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. I mean, here, here's what I'll say is when all of that stuff was going on, um, I remember the most perspective I got on the situation was when Gina Carano went on Joe Rogan and was talking about it. And I thought that she seems like a genuinely nice person and also seemed kind of like slightly ignorant to some of the situation. To me, it's almost like 
when you're texting with someone and you might think they're mad at you, like things can be very misinterpreted either through text or through memes or through the internet or whatever, where someone's tweets or whatever they like on there, whatever, you know, paints a picture of what you think they are. And it really might not be what they you know, are at all. I saw a really good interview the other day and regardless of how you feel about the situation, you're entitled to your own opinion. I won't really name the person or who they were talking about, but this professor was being interviewed by someone and they brought up something that someone had said. And he said, okay, let's talk about this. Tell me what did they say? And the person immediately responded with, well, people are saying, he said, no, 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 no. Don't tell me what people are saying. Tell me what this person said. Yeah. Find what they said and read it to me. Well, people are, no, no, no. I don't want to know what people say this person said. Tell me what they said. And I think that's one of the biggest problems that we have is most people are offended or feel a certain way because of something they've been told somebody said rather than what they actually said. Yeah. yeah. It's a messy situation all around. I think that there's a lot of layers to this. I think part of it has to do with awareness of the position that you're in as a celebrity, as, as an employee, as an actor or actress. I think also the company, you know, on all sides. Like this, I, I I'm not gonna be one of those people that really contributes to to one side or the other with my opinion because I feel like it's a mess all around and there's no way to talk Absolutely. about it objectively and fairly. I feel like with a lot of stuff because everything is over the last what since she was fired it was like what two years now maybe a little bit longer I think. But the point is, everything about this is a mess and I feel like the more after effects and stuff like this that comes afterwards that continues onward, it makes it even look more messier. Or, or even much more of like a, a chore to talk about. A lot of people write this off as like a as like you know a, a call for attention and like you know trying to be more relevant and stuff. And I get it and I understand why that's being said. At the same time, like you know anybody could sue anybody in this country for anything. You know at that point, then it's not the court of public opinion that judges what goes down with stuff like that. It's the court system itself, the actual system you go to when you're suing somebody that actually goes down with this. The thing that I find strange about all this outside of maybe the lulls that Elon Musk might be doing is the lawyers that were looking at her stuff, you know, for them to proceed forward, they must have some other things that again, a lot of other people aren't privy to that probably don't have, you know, access to or, or understanding of whatever information might be going on with this. And we have to acknowledge that. I think all people, especially those that are covering this, right. And a lot of different outlets and a lot of different content creators that I saw channels like John Campy, I saw John Roca, uh, Kristen Harloff and a few other people all talking about this stuff. We have to come to the understanding that, look, we don't have all the facts on the outside with all this stuff, regardless of how we feel about it. But I think objectively, based on what we know, I feel like this is as far as it's probably going to go is probably going to get thrown out at, at the miracle. I think they settle. And I don't think Disney is going to settle with something like this. You know, honestly, if I'm being truly objective based on what we know and stuff, granted all the stuff Disney has gone through lately, all the stuff with the bad perception, you know, because remember not too long ago, they lost a recent court case with someone here in Florida. I think it was DeSantis or whatever. They lost some sort of court case or whatever. Yeah. And and it's a lot of bad publicity. It's a lot of bad juju all over the place. It's whatever. But if we silo all that out and we just look at the facts of what this is and stuff, I just don't think it goes very far. I think it's more about trying to get the approval of the court of a public opinion as opposed to what the actual court judgment might be. But again, yeah. what do I know? I, I, I don't know a lot of legal stuff, to be honest. Yeah. And I, I just looked up. I mean, it's funny because uh, three days from now, when we're recording this today's February 8th, 
February 11th was the day that she was fired 2021. So, I mean, this has been going on for a long time. About three years. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's one of those situations that will keep going. I mean, Gina Carano was a very successful UFC fighter. People forget about that. Like, Keep in mind, too, this got a lot of attention because it's Elon Musk, like backing her up. That's why I got it. That's why the trades, you know, Hollywood Reporter, uh, Variety, and a few others, they wrote about it. That's why. And, yeah. and I think that everybody has, is looking at Disney with a little bit of a side eye for other reasons. Uh, it has nothing to do with any of this stuff. So I think it's just a bunch of these different things getting mixed up together, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that. <laughs> and, you know, I don't think we I don't think we have any crazy hot takes on it that are going to light the Internet on fire. I think I think this conversation was proof that you can talk about this stuff and not have it be such a toxic situation. True. It's something that you can talk about. Yeah. Even if, you know, some person feels against it or or with it or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like. But but that's the problem. That's the problem with, with internet culture. And I think also a big problem in the Star Wars community. Because we need to, a lot of people within the Star Wars community need to take a step back and, and actually lean more on maturity and mindfulness than as opposed to letting their points be heard. Because we've seen this with a couple different things over the last couple of years. We saw it with the stuff with AI not that long ago with the whole AI, like Luke Skywalker project from theory. We saw it with, uh, what is it? Other shows and other things that might be happening in star Wars with upcoming shows and stuff and many other different topics. And even discussion of stuff that's already happened years from before, you know, that's already been out for like the number of years and like, what's the best direction for this franchise. And it really comes down to people caring more about being heard and being right, as opposed to being uh, genuine and being coming to the conversations with being like, yo, like, okay, let's find some common ground here. A lot of stuff. And I don't think that's that's possible with some people. There's a lot of immaturity that comes with that stuff. But, you know, like I said, if everybody's being realistic and honest with stuff, then I think everybody could at least find some commonality at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like, speaking of that, it's like the um, the Tandem uh, 4 set that's coming out uh, where it's the uh, boarding set the fives that comes with that the guy there's a guy uh called uh ryan he runs mnr productions on uh youtube he runs a huge lego channel and he's known to like point out certain inaccuracies that might happen in it people are dogpiling him because he was pointing out the inaccuracies of the fives figure he was he was showing how the clone armor like how lego kind of mailed it in on certain points of his clone armor which like I don't think that's something wrong with saying like, Hey, like, you know, this is, this is how accurate your figures were, you know, seven years ago or whatever. And now this is what we're yeah, getting. It doesn't like, seem like a hot take to, to well, have. Like I'm guessing people freaked out on them. Oh yeah. They're, they're in the comments section, you know, yeah, you're never happy with anything, you know, blah, I, th- blah, I think blah, that's, like, that's collectible in toy culture though, on like digital platforms on social media and like YouTube. Cause you see that a lot of that with collectibles and toys and comics. I've heard stories. Like I have a friend of mine, down here in South Florida that collects comics. And I hear stories like that all the time about different collectible comics and variants and stuff. But the point is, is that there's like this, there's this need to debate and to battle, you know, to be that person that everybody looks at a certain way, as opposed to like, actually, again, finding common ground in in the hobby and and whatever else we're passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think uh, Hasbro's learned that lesson over the last uh, year or two, Alfie, right? Where they think think they can just, they think they could just put anything on the shelf and we're going to buy it. And now the, the shelves are starting to get warmed up a little bit. Yeah. I've noticed that quite a bit. You know, I'm a, a weekly visitor to my local Walmart and target and it, boy, that that stock really doesn't seem to be moving very well. Mm-mm. Not at those prices. 
For real. Yeah. Yep. I know at uh, my local Walmart, they just got, you know, somebody must have found a case in the back or something, never made it out. There's six of the Return of the Jedi Boba Fetts hmm. that came out like, what, a year ago? I think they'd already been clearance by Walmart and now they're back at full price. <laughs> Every once in a while, I still see some of the last Jedi figures, you know, of random just figures, random characters. It's not even the same characters, just like randomly there or, or the vehicles and stuff. Yes, I there. see. Um, I what's uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Poe Dameron's uh, love interest. Zori oh, Bliss. Zori, Zori Bliss. Warming some pegs at my Ollie's. Yes, Zori Bliss cannot sell. That's one thing I'll say. She has a pretty cool costume, though. Um, did you guys see the news of uh, Ewan McGregor once again saying uh, that he wants to hop back in the seat for uh, Kenobi season two? I don't, I don't think it's Kenobi season two. I think Ewan is just feeling the high and the love right now from everybody, justifiably yeah, so. He's but, on the convention circuit right now. Yeah, well, he was just at Megacon recently. Oh. Him and Hayden were, were just – and a couple of them were there. I, I think Tamora Morrison was there. Uh, what is it? Uh, Ming-Na Wen was there and a few others. But I don't think that – I don't think they're going to do Kenobi season two. I think that's a dead thing. I, I honestly feel like the reception of it and the critical reception of it was not good. And and even the viewing, the ratings for it, the, the viewer numbers weren't all that great as they probably thought it was going to be. But also, where did they go with that character? You know, after that. Now, if it's older stuff, like Clone Wars stuff, like maybe Tales of the Jedi, having him do voice acting and stuff or doing flashback scenes for Ahsoka, I could totally see that for Ahsoka season two. Totally makes sense. But uh, Kenobi season two? Nah, I don't see it. Yeah, what do you think, Alfie? I think if where the show ended and the direction they went with that show, I don't see a season two. I think if they would have done a more uh, like the Book of Boba Fett being on Tatooine, just Obi-Wan dealing with PTSD, you know, maybe working out some issues locally rather than going off planet, there could be season two. But after you spend an entire season, you know, jet setting around the galaxy uh, after young princess Leia, what would you do with the season two? That would be a real downer to have, you know, uh, Obi-Wan settle in the dispute between sand people and Jawas and moisture farmers. I think, I think at some point, like, there's a point where you can't do more without screwing up what you have. Like, yeah, right. let's be honest here. I, I've had my opinions about Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, Dave, because we talked about it many yeah. times. I, I was not a fan of what they did with that. But it is what it is, and we could either take it or leave it. I think when you start building up beyond that, trying to force, like, ideas with it, you know, especially when you're trying to match up the canon. Remember, this thing is supposed to take place about 10 years prior to Episode Four: New Hope. You know, when you start messing with stuff like that, and then you have all these other projects that are messing with stuff like that. I feel like it makes it a real issue where you start now messing with something that's going to do more damage than actually build upon. I like I said, I find like the especially with the Soka season one when we had those episode five flashback stuff with Anakin going back to the Clone Wars with Ahsoka. You know when she's going through that whole dream sequence and stuff. I feel like if you had stuff like that, I could totally see bringing back Ewan, having Hayden in the role, doing like a little Clone Wars reunion with the live action uh, counterparts and yeah. doing something like that that could work, or even like what they had. With the holocron, the messages that Ahsoka was looking at, I could totally see that and having a reason to bring Ewan back as Obi-Wan Kenobi. But I don't see any other scenario or any other reason to go and actually do new stories within that time frame of Kenobi, of the series. 
without messing something up or without doing something that's just going to make no sense within the franchise. Yeah. Th- those, those are thoughts that I had was I'm like, if you went back and did some clone Wars stuff with, with the, with um, Rosario Dawson, with Hayden Christensen, with Ewan McGregor, I think all of the, all that entire cast, they're all in very good shape and like age wise to still pull. Well, you would do with character. the young girl that played young Ahsoka. The one yeah. that was also Gamora, the one that she was during the flashback, that young Ahsoka, that's who we'd use instead of Rosario Dawson. Yeah. Like that. I mean, you could obviously have her thinking about it stuff, I'm guessing, you know, thinking back and going to flashback, but that's the ideally the Ahsoka you would use with Hayden and, and Awen like that. Because then that's your Clone Wars season seven, quote unquote, reunion like that. Yeah. You know, that you would get the fan service for. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned Ming-Na Wen and I wanted to share this because I'm sure you guys have seen it, but I saw it on her uh, Instagram a little while ago. Oh, yeah, I saw she this. Got, she got a freaking a Fennec Shand uh, statue, like full on statue of herself. She's got it sitting out front of her front door guard in the house, dude. Like it's in her living room, obviously, in this picture. But dude, it, it is it is badass. I saw a video of her walking into her house and she's yeah, just like, yeah, I remember yeah she's just like, hey, Fennec. Very cool. She it's shared a sweet cool. message when Carl Weathers passed. I know that most of them did because they all worked with him on Mando and, and Book of Boba Fett, etc. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's one thing about like like you said, I mean, there there was you know, I saw um Juan Carlo Esposito shared yeah. a very nice story about him. Um Ming Na Wen, <laughs> like pretty much he, he just seemed like one of the like he was just a polarizing figure, man. It seemed like anyone who was around him felt close to him. Like, and, and that's like that, that's something special in a personality without a doubt. Um, also, uh, in news too, is, uh, Donald Glover was talking a little bit about, um, land, uh, the, uh, Lando movie. I don't believe him. I'm telling you right now, I, I'm calling cat on everything that he says because of a couple reasons. Number one, we have a lot of star Wars projects that are in the works. that are supposedly quote unquote coming out. Remember we got the acolyte, we got skeleton crew. Tales of the Jedi season two. We got uh what is it? Um Ahsoka season two. We got Mando season four, apparently, besides this movie. Again, I'm still very unclear with that because I keep hearing one spot say that there's no season four because we're getting the movie, and another place saying the other opposite of that. So keep in mind this Lando project, this Lando series has been in development, quote unquote, or development hell for a while. And ever since him and his brother came on where they're writing and like taking the full steam ahead with this, that I, apparently it was supposed to be a movie. Then it was going to be a series at one point that it's like all over the place. And like, now it's back to being a movie now, right? Now it's back to being a movie. Like there's no consistent, like definitive answer of like, okay, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Because you got Lucasfilm's got to put stuff out. Like you can't just be having all these things in development. You got to actually put stuff out. They already messed up with rogue squadron. And that looked like it was going to be a short thing. They messed up, obviously. Well, they didn't really mess up, but they canceled Rangers of the New Republic. We've had nothing of substance from Skeleton Crew uh, as of late, other than what was shown at uh, Celebration. And same thing with the Acolyte. Like, we haven't had, other than Ahsoka, really, of recently, we haven't had any other big releases with Star Wars, other than Andor. Because a lot of people really love Andor. I'm not a fan of it. But we also got Andor Season 2, which is right around, again, down the line and stuff. The point is they're not putting stuff out consistently. There's no consistent, you know, aura or feeling like, okay, like we have confidence that this stuff is getting done and coming out. I don't feel that with Lando right now, even with Donald Glover. And I like Donald Glover. I think he's great. I think he was a good young Lando. 
even though I didn't like the solo movie. And I think he's a good actor because he just did Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And that's awesome. But again, I have no confidence right now until I'm actually shown something online, like a trailer. Yeah. Yeah. This seems like it's following in the pattern of the Kenobi movie for me. Well, series, I should say. It was a movie. It was a series. It was a movie. Just rewrite, rewrite, rewrite. And then at the end of the day, years later, it, like I keep saying, it, it basically was the storylines from a couple comic books in a video game. Did you guys remember how uh, Donald Glover came on? It was him and his brother that came on and they kind of just dropped the previous writer. There was a story that came out about now they underplayed it a little bit, but it just sounded like, again, there was a lot of changes up there. A lot of audibles that were called, you know, we've seen a lot of that from Lucasfilm specifically with some of these projects. It's like, okay, what are we doing? Like you can't just bring somebody on board. This happened with the Ray film not too long ago. When it came out that the original writer that that story at one point was going to be about an older Ray. I forgot the the writer's name or the director's Damon. name or the lead on that project. Lindelof. The same thing also Lindelof. with the the not the not the Lindelof or um the Ben not Benioff and Weiss. It was the one about the first Jedi. I can't remember the the lead on there. I think it's Lindelof, right? That the guy that made um Wolverine or or yeah, Mango. Logan and stuff. The 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 project that was supposed to be the the first jedi one that we're getting now that's down the line like whatever right the dawn of the jedi i think they're calling it yes that also went through a point where somebody else was doing it and then it got changed up the point is is like that same exact thing is happening a lot with lucasfilm it's happening with projects that have been in announcement phase i guess you could call it for a long time and this lando thing seems like the same story at this point which again how am i supposed to have faith into it you know or put faith into it until you actually release something yeah <clears throat> it seems like an idea that was hot you know when solo came out and yeah it just seems to just keep being pushed back onto the back burner over that, that's over a good again. question though do we really want to go back to that like solo was not received well like granted a lot of it was the fallout from last jedi we understand that we get that but outside of all the stuff with the cra- the chaoticness of like how that movie was made because remember they fired or Kathleen Kennedy let go the original directors halfway when they shot most of the stuff and then somebody else had to come in and fix it yeah Ron Point Howard is, that yeah. movie that we got in theaters that we saw and stuff not a lot of people were down on that not a lot of people really enjoyed it like there's some people that that like it but it wasn't a Star Wars movie reception, if you know what I'm saying. It wasn't like how we felt coming out of Force Awakens or coming out of some other projects. Rogue the one. point is, it was just weird. Like, do we really want to go back to that is my is my question. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. <clears throat> but the way I feel about the movie is completely different than the way I feel about the end of the movie. I did think it ended on a good note to where if you would have kept going there would have been more interest in it. It could have went somewhere with Han and Chewie finally together. You know, that was the point of the movie that you had to get through all that stuff and then you're finally there and it's over. So I want to see more after the end of that. Yeah. I just didn't necessarily enjoy the journey to that point as much as I thought I would. Yep. Definitely, I could see that. And then you had Darth Maul at the end of it, too. Which, yeah, it was another random thing. It just went nowhere. <laughs> Sorry, Rebels was like, nah, we got this. We, we'll take care of him. We got it. 
Yeah, I, I, I do want Darth Maul. To, I do want to see Darth Maul in live action somehow again. I don't know how we can make it make sense. Can't do a Ray Park. Not no, right now. No. <laughs> Apparently. And that's that's another thing, because he's always on the convention circuit, like, at, you know, promoting his thing as as Darth Maul and stuff. And I feel like there's, there's a, a scenario where maybe he could come back and be Darth Maul for something. You know, but again, really depends on where where Dave Filoni is going to go with a lot of stuff. And, and again, where, what direction are we going with, with some of these projects? Cause you can't bring Darth Maul back in Ahsoka. You can't bring Darth Maul in on any of the other stuff for Mando. It's just, it can't, it can't work at all. Now, you got that small period now <laughs> between the Clone Wars and well, Solo and Rebels. And even then, like if you were going to, if they hypothetically, if they were going to do another solo project following up from that movie, what the heck kind of thing is going to go on with uh with Darth Maul anyway? It it really has nothing to do with Han Solo, let yeah. alone like Red, you know, the whole um not Red Dawn um Crimson uh, Dawn. Oh my God, uh, Crimson Dawn. You know, there there's like there's nothing that you can really do beyond what we saw there. At least something that's interesting enough. Like if I'm thinking syndicates now, because really that's where I got from the solo movie is like there's different syndicates. We got the Pikes, we got the Crimson Dawn, we got all these, we got the Huts doing their thing. We got all this stuff. At that point, if we're going to start getting into those things, kind of like what Star Wars Outlaws is going to do with their territory and stuff, I want to start hearing about organ other organizations like Black Sun, like other places that are probably more relevant within the different time frames of like, you know, the original trilogy going into just after the original trilogy without going into the sequel territory. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, if you're ever going to go into Maul again, it would have to be Plagueis. You would have to do the Plagueis uh, story where you have Pal Palpatine essentially uh, adopting little Darth Maul and raising him. And I'm surprised they him. have not done that yet. Like, Dude, that story that is, is awesome. That is, there are certain it's projects awesome. or certain stories like Plagueis, the whole the whole thing, because I love the Plagueis audiobook and the story of it. it okay? It's great. That whole thing, I'm surprised they have not gone to. Because they're going to the High Republic, and apparently the rumor was that Plagueis was going to have some sort of thing with it. It was just like floating around for a while with the Acolyte, which I still think is nonsense. Yeah. But between that, the Old Republic, which I still don't understand why that hasn't been like mined or, or addressed. They have it on the timeline on StarWars.com, but they're going around it. They're going way before or way after. It's like... People want the old Republic. We wanted Knights of the Old Republic remake. And clearly, since we're probably not getting that, why would you not go to that time frame and do stuff? There are things that you got 4,000 years to play with. Like, what's yeah. up? Like, got come great on. Great established characters already. I mean, even then, you could create new ones within that area and not have to mess around with the lore of like Kotor itself, like the actual game lore with Kotor 1 and Kotor 2. But the point is, you still got all that time. There's 4,000 years to mess around with and to screw around with like different things and conflicts and stuff you could pull from. You could do the whole Mandalorian Wars with the Jedi back then. Like there's all there's a lot of different stuff you could do that's like could be awesome ideas and make for great original material that Disney can do that still fits within canon of the franchise of that timeline and they just for whatever reason have done nothing. It's like you look even look at the little thing with the old republic there's just nothing there. Like I think originally that was supposed to be the point for the Knights of the Old Republic remake game before everything hit the fan with it, but still, like, very questionable, very confusing. Yeah, yeah that's and like I, I saw a uh, on one of my like I think it was a Black Series Reddit page or something. Somebody had a diorama of the bounty hunters Black Series figures all put together, and you just look at that picture and you think 
That's an easy win. That's a Disney Plus series. That's that's like how a did, Sopranos or Breaking yeah. Bad of Star Wars. Like, how have you not done this yet? That's Sons of Anarchy right there. Yeah, you yeah. can unlimited amounts of stories with the classic bounty hunters. Why can't we get a, a boss series with him and IG eighty eight just going at it or try, people trying to find Boba Fett? Like you, or Boba Fett. Like, you want to like, make new stuff? That's great. I'm all in for that. But at some point, just pick the easy, <laughs> low hanging fruit. You know why make this so hard on yourself? I don't know. Very confusing. I don't get it. I don't get it either. And plus, if we did the Plagueis movie, we would get to see Naboo again in an exactly. Like, it would be awesome. Man. You could cast somebody. You could find somebody to be a young Ian McDermott. You oh could. You God. could even have it where the movie is bookended by Ian McDermott just like reminiscing or talking to somebody about this stuff, and like get like a Tom Hiddleston to play like Ian McDermott back in his youth or something. Yeah, something crazy like that. You know, Man. somebody. Tom Don't Hiddleston give me is hope a, like that. Tom Hiddleston is a great pull for that <laughs> role. I mean, we just <laughs> or somebody. Had, or, we, or what's the guy from Doctor Who that was also in Morbius? Um, um, Matt. He plays. He plays. Uh, was it in House of the Dragon? He plays. Um, e e Egon. Yeah, no, Matt, uh, Matt Smith, I think. is his Matt name. Smith. Imagine that. He was supposed to. We, oh, Cairo no, 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 he was supposed to play. He was probably supposed to play the son of uh, of uh, Palpatine. I. That's who I think he was supposed to play. He just never said it. Because the way he described it, it sounded like he was supposed to be Ray's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think that's what his... What, is that what Okairo said last week? Because we were on the air when Okairo said it. He gave us that information because he heard it straight from the horse's mouth. Because... Okairo was working on H O H O D. So like he know he's met Matt Smith. I wouldn't be surprised. He's a great like, guy. He'd be he'd be awesome for something like that. But the point is, like, those are stories or or Darth Bane, because Bane is canon already from the Clone Wars. Like, why don't you do something with the Darth Bane trilogy or one of the stories at least? A miniseries. You kidding me? That that what? You want to talk about giving people Jedi stuff or Sith stuff. That's as Sith as you get. <laughs> yeah. Besides I, Plagueis. I, I can't tell you how many movies or shows I've watched where I'm just like, man, this is, <coughs> this is, uh, I'm, I'm like, this is just a great story. And then I'll look it up and realize that it was based on a book. And it's like, there is nothing wrong with taking a book that is ultra successful and just putting it on the screen for us because just, not everybody reads so books. weird. It's so question. This is why also I, I'm a little worried with Acolyte when it comes out eventually, because that's so based in the High Republic. The High Republic has not hit for a lot of people. Like, again, I've had no desire and no appealing to go read those books. And the comic, the comics, by the way, screwed up. I think me and you talked about this, Dave, at one point. One of the comics screwed up a thing with lightsabers that was a huge controversy with a lot of people because they just couldn't understand the physics of a lightsaber. And they they the the artist or the the story, the the writer for that actual comic arc, I think they admitted on social media that like, yeah, I kind of screwed up. It's like stuff like that. It's like, and you expect me to get behind this stuff with, with yeah. the high Republic, right? Like, this is why I kept saying, I'm worried about the accolade. I'm also a little worried about Star Wars Eclipse, but even though I feel like Star Wars Eclipse is going to be the one that gets me into the high Republic a little bit more than what Jedi survivor did with its stuff. But the point is, when Acolyte comes out, if that show is not good, or if that show has a bunch of other problems and stuff, nobody's really going to get behind the high Republic. They're going to want more of the other stuff that you're just not giving them. And that's a shame because like we want Star Wars projects to be good. We want new stories and interesting stories, especially with this one that's supposed to be right before, or like a hundred years before uh, Phantom Menace. It's like, you know, you got to give us something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this would be like a major IP buying the Game of Thrones 
IP and just being like, yeah, those stories were written, but we're going to write, make our own thing out of it. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to touch on those incredible stories that were previously written. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, I just, I just constantly question their decisions. I, you, as I have this freaking, you know how I feel about behind it. me. <laughs> if you're going to rip off the ideas anyway, just make the damn thing. If you're going to use all the best ideas from the Dark Empire or whatever to finish your trilogy, just make a fucking Dark Empire. <laughs> I, I don't hard. understand how they haven't done an animated version like the like the DC like I, the DC showcase stuff that I told Dave one time. Like, why doesn't Star Wars make a series called Star Wars Infinities and make it so that way you get all those expanding universe stories in animated form and give it to us either in the Clone Wars animation or in 2D animation and do it like that? You could do Dark Empire. You could do Heir to the Empire. You could do the Rogue Squadron series. You could do all the the the, the Jabba the Hutt or Zorba the Hutt stuff. Like, you got all these stories you could just do, and they're not canon, but they're just stuff that just is on the side here, kind of like a DC Black Label or DC Showcase or anything else that's a what-if story. It's It's... There's a gold mine there that they're just not utilizing, and they're just yeah. not doing it. That's just like, my why? frustration. Is and it, it probably wouldn't be so much if you hadn't just stood in front of everyone and said, "This stuff doesn't exist anymore." We're yeah, making that, that our was, own things. That was a terrible. And idea. then I watch your new thing, and I'm like, "The other thing too, this Alfie, is the plot to the Dark Empire." Keep in mind, Alfie, this also extends to the no, new, like, current canon book stuff and the comic stuff that they pretty much have negated multiple times. Like, look, they did it in Book of Boba Fett with Luke Skywalker having Yoda's lightsaber and stuff. They're doing it now with the Bad Batch with that whole book with uh, freaking Asajj Ventress. What's happening here? They're saying that it's going to fall within canon and fall within line of that previous story she was in, but it's like that character died at the very end of that story. Like, how are you going to explain this? Because then at one point, like, what does death mean in Star Wars? And two, what do these books mean? If these characters or things are going to happen that are either contradictory or totally negate them. Like, what's the point of investing into those if that's what's going to happen? Yeah, it's almost like you 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 go into a book just thinking that this could be a what if, you know, this could be a Marvel what if at one point, essentially. Like, like not everything's going to be or needs to be splinters of the mind's eye. Like it just, you don't need to make things like that. You have to at least, you know, have some sort of consistency. I feel like at least that, that's my opinion on a lot of these things. Yeah. Feel that. Now I'm looking through uh, my topics and I pretty much have a lot of stuff crossed off. There's probably stuff I missed this week. Is there anything off the top of your heads that you could think uh, that I may have missed as far as star Wars news goes? I, mean, I do have one topic that's off topic of anything Star Wars. Star Wars wise, I know Alfie, you said the thing about Star Wars Outlaws before we start recording. So you might want to tackle that again, you know, yeah. for anybody that doesn't know. Yeah, this was just uh and it's not real clear the information that's in the article, but it's from Variety and it was just posted a few hours ago that uh Outlaws will release before the end of the year. Ubisoft will unveil its fiscal 2024-25 slate. In more detail in May, including Star Wars Outlaws. They're cooking on that game, dude. They're not messing around. They've they, are they all hands on deck on that? JJ? Well, that's the next big Star Wars release for game wise that's coming out. Because keep in mind, as again, and I could talk like this because I know Star Wars games and I'm like so invested into this, right? Absolutely. The other Star Wars game that supposed was supposed to come out this year at some point, and it's probably not going to come out till later next year, was Star Wars Hunters. That's the only other Star Wars game that's supposedly done, quote unquote. Okay. Besides what Respawn is cooking up. Respawn is the studio that's cooking right now, that's in the kitchen actually making games 
for us that are going to be big that eventually I hope we hear about them in some form this year, like towards like summer game fest, if not the game awards <coughs> or PlayStation state of play or something. Right. <coughs> what I do believe star Wars outlaws is going to come out this year. I think I was telling you guys before we start recording, but for everybody else, I think that's going to come out sometime in the fourth quarter this year. If it's not going to be spring this year, it's not going to be March or April like that. And if they're going to talk about it in May in some way where it might actually be dropping, that tells me that fourth quarter this year for the holiday season is when we might see that game because it makes sense. Big IP game like that, Star Wars game, a lot of people are looking forward to it. A lot of people love Star Wars. You release that during the holiday season, that's where you're going to make your most and you're going to sell your most units, especially on current gen hardware. So PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, PC, etc. The other one too, outside of the three Star Wars games that Respawn's making, which is the next Jedi game with Cal Kestis, the FPS that's supposed to be inspired by the Jedi Knight series, so Kyle Katarn think, and then the RTS, which is possibly very similar to like a mobile game, or if not, inspired by Empire of War. The thing is, the other game that we have in the in the, the pipeline is Star Wars Eclipse, and I don't think we're seeing Star Wars Eclipse this year. I think that that's a game that probably gets talked about next year, more than likely, and then the following year release. Because that's uh, was a Quantic Dream. They're the ones that are done stuff like Detroit Become Human, Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls. They take a long time to make games, and I think a lot of that stuff, you know, with the development of that game, got really pushed back with all the controversy that they had and trying to find a lot of people to hire up to actually develop the game. So they've gone back on track with development. There was interviews that I wrote about a couple months ago, if not a little bit longer ago, about them saying that look, we got more people in the studio in France. We're getting back on development with uh, Star Wars Eclipse, so which is good. That game was just revealed way too early, to be honest with you. So yeah, that, I think that the, little next, teaser. Next big game is Star Wars Outlaws, so get excited. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that, that, I I love that that Star Wars Outlaws was announced, and they're just like, it seems like Ubisoft is putting all of their effort into it, and it's going to get released, and yeah. it looks like it's going to be a pretty. That's awesome the team that game. did the division. That, that, that massive entertainment, they're the ones that made the division. And I liked what I saw with the reveals and also the developer walkthrough. A lot of people seem to be down about that game. I think last time I was here, we talked about it, Dave. Yeah, it where was I right said, around I was like, the... I can't understand where these people are coming from. Like, <laughs> this game looks great. Um, it's going to be doing things that we've wanted to see for a very long time in a Star Wars game. So I think we'll get one more trailer probably in May. I'm guessing, if I'm a guessing man, May the 4th around that time frame. So just Makes in time sense. for May the 4th, I could totally see May the 4th having a new trailer or new gameplay demonstration. And then the Ubisoft, whenever they're going to talk about it, Ubisoft forward or whatever else, they talk about it in May. And then we get that uh, holiday quarter four release schedule. That's what that's, I'm calling either September, October. I'd be very surprised if it's not around that time frame. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm excited for that. Dude, I've been seeing rumblings and comment sections of people like begging for Battlefront Three, man. People are saying they want they want another Battlefront game. Like, Go complain uh, to EA. You know, yeah. some people have said like they they're considering stuff. But look at all the games we're getting right now, especially from EA, which Respawn now has become a Star Wars developer at this point. And I think that whatever that FPS is going to be, that they're saying it's inspired by the Jedi Knight series, that's going to be your competitive FPS when it comes out for a Star Wars game. Besides Battlefront Two that we've had for the longest, they really dropped the ball with that. And they dropped the ball with squadrons as far as being on a live service or a, a game that you continuously play online, very similar to Halo, to Call of Duty, etc. Yeah, that because game there are people fast. that play that a lot. That's one Star Wars game I never played because honestly, like, and maybe I've missed out on it, but I played it for probably 
Which one, Squadrons? Yes. I, I only played it for a short amount of time because when it comes to ship games, I want it to be third person so bad. Yeah, me too. I want like, it to be I, Squadron. Yeah, I want to see the ship. And like um, the old uh, Jedi Starfighter game from PS2. Like I just yeah. love, which that game you could switch to, th- you could switch to first person or third person in that game. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like, I don't think there was a cockpit view. It was just that view where you can no, see. No, for, for Star- Jedi Starfighter and Starfighter, I think it was mostly first person because yeah. Rogue Squadron was the third person game. That but I think had. you could switch to where you could see your ship. I think you could I, I, I don't camera. Yeah, ever played those games in, in third in third person to be honest with you yeah i would have to go back and look i think but, if you hit select it would switch to third i i just i'm a i i'm always a sucker for third person i'll play first person games but i love to see like you know that's why to me it's always funny it's like in call of duty it's like I, i've never felt the need to buy a season pass and get all these skins because i'm like i can't see my guy wearing it like well there's when, a third person mode in call of duty warzone and call of duty yeah. proper you could actually do that and stuff but with, with, with these Star Wars games, I, I feel like we got a lot of good stuff coming over the horizon. We got this next one that I think is going to be good. A lot of people are down on for stupid reasons, but from what we've seen and what we actually know about this game, I think that it's going to be at least the bare minimum good. I don't think this is going to be a garbage game. I don't think that it's going to be a game that, unless there's some catastrophic failure at launch, I don't think this is going to be a game that people are going to be mad about. I think that this is looking like a very ambitious game. We're getting a lot of planets. We got ground to space seamlessly. We got space combat, transportation, stuff that seems awesome. I mean, new characters. And I keep saying this because I wrote a whole editorial about this and I've talked about it multiple times. This takes place between Empire and Jedi. This is Shadows of the Empire territory. You best, but I will be shocked if something like Black Sun is not implemented this because we got the Pikes, we got the Empire, we got the Rebellion, we got the Huts. All this stuff, and this whole game is based on reputation with K Vess and uh, Nyx like that. I would be very surprised if we don't see some of this stuff. I'm calling it now. If we, if there's any surprises in Star Wars Outlaws, I feel like it's going to be stuff from Shadows of the Empire, from Expanded Universe, stuff like that, mm-hmm. because there's potential there because of all the plans we're going to. We're going to Tatooine. Looks like we're going to Coruscant. Looks like we're going to Naboo. And then I forgot the other planet that they mentioned, the original planet that they were on in the, in the demo. I just can't remember the name of it at the moment, but there's a lot there's a lot of potential there there's exciting potential there yeah and i love Maybe, the way uh, they meet ahead, up with dash rendar there oh that'd be sweet dude that would be i dope. i doubt they'll do it but it would be a cool surprise the thing is it's the time frame that gives it out for me because if you're setting it in between there look what you have to play with you have all that stuff like again you have the the galactic civil war going on you're you're implementing all the the uh the bounty hunters guilds that are in here more than likely because they mentioned the pikes they mentioned the huts etc like, what's them to stop, like, actually implementing Black Sun? And if not Black Sun on the main game, why not do a DLC? Hey, here's Black Sun in the Crimson Dawn, you know, syndicates like that. There's extra stuff that you could mess around with. That'd be really cool. Like, there's a lot of good ideas that I feel like they should be talking about. Yeah. I, I wish, I like, hearing a game like that, dude, I wish I could just create a player with that type of game, honestly. I don't mind it. That's what everybody made a big deal about with Outlaws. You know, saying that they wanted to create their character, but like, where was that same concern when Jedi Fallen Order was coming out? Yeah, like, I don't have that. Like, I'm, that's not a sticking point for me at all. But just like hearing that, I'm just like, man, I wish I could go. Like, I mean, it's the same with GTA. You play GTA with characters. Yeah, you, you know play with I mean? a character that's already made. Like, yeah, it's a pre predetermined character. And I think that that was one of the things I saw the most of, like dogging on Outlaws that I thought was stupid because it's like 
if you were okay with Fallen Order and Survivor, you should be okay with this. Like, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. If you want the customizable experience, that's why the Old Republic is still around. It's still going and and going strong, from my understanding. Even though they made the transfer over between Bioware, it's the other it's the other company that they're doing it right now, and it still gets new content and stuff. So you had that experience there. And I won't be surprised if like the FPS from Respawn, whatever they call it, might implement something like that, especially if it's an FPS. And there's like maybe it's something involving loadouts because keep in mind, Respawn are the people that made Titanfall, okay? That's a big thing. And that had stuff that was customizable with their character when you were playing online against other people. So yeah. there's Yeah, potential. it's not a sticking point for me. That's just a random thought that I had. So to, to hear that people are riled up about it, I'm definitely not riled up about it because yeah. they are bringing a new character into Star Wars. And I mean, we saw what happened with Cal Kestis. He feels like he feels like a real part of Star Wars from the video game world. So that is really a cool thing. And we're getting multiple too. Keep in mind, we're getting that battle, that assassin droid that's a, a bounty hunter with her that has a personality, and we're getting her yeah. little her little creature called Nix, which is cool. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm excited about it. I'm definitely excited about it. Now, I'm pretty much checked off on my list, but I do have one question for you, JJ, because I know sure. you're an expert on it. Yeah. Why is it so damn hard to beat the Hercules level in Kingdom Hearts 1? <laughs> because those games, when they were developed back then, the Kingdom Hearts 1 was 2001? I'm replaying it right now, dude, and I'm just like... I, so I'm, so you're in the Coliseum, right? Yeah, the Coliseum, I'm like, I'm going to have to go 1. back to other levels. I, I do you know, do you know uh, was it, which cup you're on? Because if you just got there, you're in the easiest cup, obviously. It's like the Pegasus Cup or something. Yeah, or I, 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 made it, I made it through to where you're fighting. I, I made it through all the stages, which was like super hard to do. And I'm like... And you, you got to fight what? Cloud? Yeah. And Cloud, and Cloud uh, kicked my ass, and I used all my potions up. So now I'm back to square one. Now yeah, I'm like, you just I got to go no back potions. and level up. You got to grind those, those games back in the day with the way that they were designed are a little bit unforgiving compared to what we got now, because more modern kingdom hearts games are a little bit more forgiving. They, they make you level up and get stronger faster in different ways. And you have more options to do that. My suggestion is to go back to the, to either Alice in Wonderland or to the jungle area and actually level up because yeah. you're in that first ring from my understanding. Cause it's the Hercules it's, it's Alice in Wonderland jungle the jungle area for tarzan and then that before you yeah. go to the next area i, which I is... went to tarzan i moved on to tarzan because i'm yeah like, you I yeah do you finish tarzan or you just got there no I, I i got there and i'm i'm moving on in that you ever played okay, kingdom yeah. hearts alfie uh no i haven't i watched my son play it but i have not played that game it's a good series it's a it, good it, series. it's a long one it, There's it, a lot it of is. games you could get the the complete collection for like 20 bucks and you get like all six games or all the games up till now which is cool yeah, the, the um, <clears throat> it's funny because my memory card still has all of my old saves on it from when mm -hmm. I was a kid. So I'm essentially at the same point I was when I was a kid and I had 40 hours of playtime when I was a kid compared to like maybe 13 or 14 hours to where I'm at right now. And I'm just like, dude, I know the funny thing about Kingdom Hearts is like you'll have a task and you'll be like, I need to do this. And then you realize you can't. And then you're just like, I need to go try something else. And then like the store, then like a, a scene will pop in because you couldn't do it. It's like some scenes are almost made for you to not be able to complete that. Kind of. Yeah. Just give up. Like they, I don't they, know. there's a couple of instances like that in the other games, especially in the first game. It's, there's certain fights you have to lose that you just, you know, just got to deal with it or certain fights where you just got to explore until you hit the right thing or find the right thing. You know, that's yeah. like that in uh, 
what is it on um, Traverse Town in the very beginning of the game? It's like oh, that. Dude, you're looking it around. It gets confusing because you can't yeah. find you can't find Goofy and Donald, and you're just like, I think I'm supposed to be here, and I'm just like, what and then you run into Leon, he just like wrecks your whole thing. Yeah, you get hard checked by Leon at some point before the story continues. But Absolutely. there's there's things like that, which it's a fun series. That older game, you just got to grind out, you know, in other areas, and you got to do other stuff before you continue on. It gets better though; it gets a lot better very fast. Oh, it looks like Joe's coming here on March 22nd. We've been talking about this, so I'm ready for you, Joe. I'll, I'll get I'll get some good cheesesteak locations uh, for you, and we'll we'll, we'll have a little feast here. Um, on Kingdom Hearts, do you have a video ranking your Kingdom Hearts games? Because I want to know. Not what you're ranking one. the games, I reviewed most of the games. If not, all I know of them. that. I know I've that reviewed you reviewed all of them, and I've written about them over the years. I never ranked them, but I could give you a ranking right now, running through them all right now. So, like number one. Kingdom Hearts 2, for me personally, Kingdom Hearts 2, I think is the best Kingdom Hearts game for a multitude of reasons, has the best story, has the best ensemble of characters, best worlds, best combat, in my opinion, uh, and, and the most interesting aspects that really define the series moving forward, because I think a lot of games after it go back to it as inspiration, for one thing. Uh, after that, I would probably say Kingdom Hearts 1, you know, the first game, Final Mix or whatever else, because again, it's the one that started all, and I was, I've been with the series since the beginning. Since the very start, I remember watching the commercials when they were still advertising it. And that game, that specific game had a different resonance with everybody else than the later games did in different ways. The the tagline for the series, I don't know if you know this from the commercials, was you'll never know who will pop up next. And the, it was the idea of like, what are the different Disney worlds you get to go visit? They leaned very heavy on it. It wasn't so much about Sora and Riku and Kairi and stuff. They yeah. really leaned on the Disney stuff with it. That was like a big selling point. And it surprised everybody. Uh, number three, I would say Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, uh, which is like the prequel to Kingdom Hearts 1 that has the three characters that was originally on the PSP, but it's now also on the consoles that you can go back and play uh, in the complete collection. It allows you to play three different characters that take place, I think, about five, ten years prior to Kingdom Hearts 1. It has a whole bunch of worlds and other stuff that add on to the lore. It gets a little bit more convoluted and such, but it adds on the, the gameplay and the fighting is really good. The battle system is awesome. The boss fights are pretty good, too. And the, the shifting system that they have that allows you to do different attacks and stuff is pretty darn good with each character. Yeah. Um, number four, I would probably say Dream Drop Distance. Dream Drop Distance is the 3DS game that also got ported over to the See, PS4. I never even heard of that. I never even yeah. heard of that Kingdom one. Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. It, they, they played on it like Kingdom Hearts 3D. It's not Kingdom Hearts 3. It's Kingdom Hearts 3D. Like, you know, whole idea where it was played That's on the 3DS. 3DS whenever but it's, they a, it's a game. Things. That takes place between Kingdom Hearts 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3, leading into it. Like that. The only reason why I put that over Kingdom Hearts 3, which Kingdom Hearts 3 would be the next one after that, is because I find that Dream Drop Distance, even though it's a kind of a useless game, it's the most interesting with concepts that they tried something different while still remaining the same as Kingdom Hearts 3. And you could switch up the two because Kingdom Hearts 3, I still think, is also a pretty good game, but I don't like a lot of the story decisions in Kingdom Hearts 3. I think that there were certain things that when the game first came out, they uh they were very questionable like when the game first came out you didn't see any of the final fantasy characters really you know you hardly ever saw them until a dlc that came afterwards that threw them in there it's like i go to this world i see some of these characters where the hell is everybody else that i saw in the last game like it was just yeah. questionable like that but the fighting's awesome the visuals are beautiful the stages are huge um it doesn't complete the xehanort saga which is the big saga of the first three games as well <laughs> as it should but and they kind of leaned on that, like setting stuff up, but it's like, whatever. I'm not a huge fan of that, but it's still a good game to play. I remember reviewing that game for my website at the time. Coalition, I gave it a 9 out of 10 because I ended up getting it from Square Enix and I had a little bit early than everybody else to play it and stuff. 
after that, I would say Kingdom Hearts. Um, I would probably say Kingdom Hearts. Uh, damn, is this this when you get to the bad territory? Because then you have Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key, which is the mobile game, and I don't even really count that because a lot of people, unless you're diehard into the lore of Kingdom Hearts, you're not going to care about this game, especially if you don't play on mobile. It takes place years prior to the first game, prior to Birth by Sleep, which is like really makes the the story and the lore and the universe really convoluted. It's really out there, whatever. Then you get Kingdom Hearts uh, 358 over 2, which is on the DS, which it focuses on Roxas, the side character in Kingdom Hearts 2. That game I don't think is that great. I think that they tried to be ambitious with trying to implement multiplayer into the actual series with the DS through ad hoc multiplayer. Was not that great. It was a very mediocre, shallow game. Some people swear by it because of the story. I don't think the story is all that great either. You know, if you know nothing about Kingdom Hearts 2, you're not going to care about this story. Then you got Kingdom Hearts uh, Recoded, which is another one that's useless, which is like, it's it's like, it's on the DS. It has Kingdom Hearts 1 gameplay, but you're revisiting older worlds from Kingdom Hearts 1. Deals with technological stuff. The whole game takes place in a computer. It's really stupid and weird. And it's like, again, if you're not caring about this story, you're not going to care about this game either. And then finally, at the bottom of the barrel, you have Kingdom Hearts Rechain of Memories and Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, both for the PS2 and also other platforms and on the, the, the GBA. Those games are horrible. They have this horrible... <laughs> card system for the battles which totally changes up the formula some people like it it's called the slight system i think it's terrible because it doesn't feel like kingdom hearts it's stupid you have to rely on this deck of cards in order to do certain attacks for certain situations and i just don't think that's that great so that sounds and i think that's all of them with the exception of melody of memory which is like a music game which is totally different from the rest of the kingdom Hearts series if you like final fantasy theratham or theratham final fantasy you'll play it it's just focused on kingdom Hearts stuff and i don't really consider that part of the main series it's just kind of like in its own corner like that. It's the same thing with dark road, which is still union cross or unchained key, the mobile game. Nobody cares about it unless you're deep into that stuff. And it is what it is. So there you go. That's my ranking. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. You just went right into that. I can tell, you know, kingdom hearts, like yeah. the back of your hand. I mean, you like got I said, been with it since day one. on the wall behind you. So I mean, day one, I see, I see those keyblades. It's funny. Well, besides the keyblades, I <laughs> you can't see it now. I have some of my games signed by some of the voice actors. I don't know if you know who Richard Epcar is. He's the voice of Ansem in Kingdom Hearts, but he was also, um, what is it, Bato from Ghost in the Shell. He's Lord Raiden in Mortal Kombat. I have some of my games signed by him, and one of my games signed by Paul St. Peter, which is the voice of Xemnas, which is the big baddie from Kingdom Hearts 2, which is cool. That's freaking awesome, dude. Yeah, I'm just going to keep grinding and losing my mind with <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 1 because I never beat it when I was a kid, and I'm determined to beat it right now. So <laughs> I'm play. playing it to completion. I, I'm I'm going to grind it. I just I hate traveling in the gummy ship sometimes. I wish I could just go to Don't the Don't even wall. get me started on the gummy ship. Let me tell you, like the gummy ship on all the games is always that thing that you just got to deal with. It's like... Later games got a little bit better with it. It got a little bit more action packed, but you still got to go through them. They're just kind of like one of those like necessary evils you got to deal with. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, we hit it for uh, we hit it for an hour forty five tonight, fellas. And we're gonna we're gonna wrap it on that. I'm gonna go around the horn for um, final thoughts. And JJ, thanks for being a guest. Um, Appreciate it. Again, I think this is the sixth or seventh time you've been on here, and I always have fun chatting it up with you you always bring some good knowledge to the game and it's definitely good to hear uh your thoughts on everything and obviously you have a lot of uh information backed on your thoughts so definitely good yeah. to have you Thank on you. you got any you got any final thoughts uh, to wrap up this episode and then i'll go to alfie after you uh final and thoughts or, or things to, to share that i'm doing because there's a lot yeah. 
yeah share share what share what you have going on and and yeah. again share where to find you on on everything yeah sure so everybody listening to the show now not only thank you for listening thank you for having me on but also uh again you can find me everywhere i'm literally at jake james lugo which you can see here on on the youtube screen now everywhere on twitter at jake james lugo on tiktok at jake james lugo uh, daily uploads of gaming stuff star wars stuff entertainment movies and tv stuff every single day over on tiktok instagram at jake james lugo patreon i have a patreon that has exclusive content at jake james lugo as well i'm also on threads at jake james lugo that you can find me there coming up soon i have New videos that I've just posted up today even on my YouTube channel, including new indie game that I previewed on PlayStation 5, my Star Wars podcast day special for the podcast that's already up now, and I'm breaking them up into segments. I'm actually taking segments of them and uploading them as separate videos so you get more videos of each individual segment, or at least certain ones that I have on there. I've done it already a couple times with some of the podcast episodes where people could check out certain topics or whatnot. Uh, like I said, TikTok every single day, I'm uploading stuff, you know, related to things. I have like three uploads today that I put up and also Saturday at the time I'm recording this. So Saturday, which I believe is, um, what is it? Uh, the 10th, I'm actually going to be at Flynn's arcade gaming and more in uh, Margate, Florida. I'm actually a host for mortal Kombat day. I'm doing a live Q and a with four of the original actors from the first three mortal Kombat games, including, uh, Carlos Pacina and Daniel. Yeah. Danny Pacina and Carlos Pacina, which is Scorpion and Sub-Zero, Lord Raiden from those games, the, the actor for Liu Kang, the actor also for Kung Lao. We originally were also going to have the, the actress for uh, Katana and Melina, but she couldn't show up for that time frame. So we got these four actors that are going to be there, and I get to chat it up with them. going to do a live Q&A that's also going to be streamed on Twitch, on the, the Flynn's uh, account on Twitch, but it'll also be up on their YouTube channel, and it'll be live for everybody else there on social media and such. So I'm trying to stay busy, trying to do more you guys can show some love go check out all the stuff follow me on social media follow me and subscribe on youtube on tiktok and yeah show love don't be a stranger love it man love it awesome lineup right there that's awesome that you get to interview those guys too that's going to be sweet man <clears throat> alfie what do you got and joe put in the comments alfie bring the heat with your closing thoughts so you better you better cook up something amazing here alfie i know uh thank you for being on the show it's always good uh nice to listen to you what you have to say about video games i know i'm out of my element a little bit here but i like the information you guys are talking about kingdom hearts so i think it would have been the second game that came out would that would have been on like xbox one no uh the first all the games were originally on playstation 2 yeah and then there was one that came out on that was one xbox. on uh, the gba that was the right the second game that came out that was before kingdom hearts 2 then the ds and the 3ds started getting games now, I don't think on Game Pass that the Kingdom Hearts games are available yet. I don't, I don't know. There, there was one that I pre-ordered. I think it was Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts 3. 3. Yeah. Probably Kingdom we, Hearts 3. We've never had a PlayStation, so it had to have been on Xbox. Yeah, certain. it was probably Kingdom Hearts 3 then because yeah. okay. the, the other games never really came to Xbox. So anyway, I was working third shift at the time, so I worked late. It's like noon. I, I drive to GameStop, whatever, you know, to go pick it up. I go up to the counter and there's this guy leaning on the counter, right? I'm like, hey, I'm here to, I think I ordered the deluxe edition or whatever. It came with a bunch of stuff. And this guy, he just keeps looking at me. I'm like, dude, what, one, why are you in a GameStop at noon? You know, I'm here because I work at night, whatever. He's like, hey, man, you ever played this game before? It's like, no, I've never played Kingdom Hearts. Oh, man. Be ready. 
It's like, you're going on an adventure today. I can't stand <laughs> people like that. It's so annoying at the games. I was like, yo, dude, stop uh, trying to freak out people from buying what they want to buy. What are you on? On peace. You just hanging out in the game. Stop talking to random people about Kingdom Hearts. But, just yeah, there? That, them don't even work there? Or like yes. just hanging out? Yes. It was oh so God. uncomfortable. I couldn't get out of there fast. Shame. <laughs> you could tell and, he's uh, a Kingdom Hearts chain of memories fan. He's just lurking there. <laughs> like, he's like looking at the GameStop bag like, what the hell did I just buy? <laughs> That's the type of guy that likes Halo 4. Like, come on, what's wrong with you? Is this code for something? Is it going to be something inside this game case? But... <laughs> and uh, talking about Mortal Kombat, I actually got hustled in an arcade playing Mortal Kombat oh, man, you be when careful. I was a young kid. When the original one came out. I felt so stupid afterwards, but you know, as a bright-eyed little kid, I didn't know any better. And and what's cool about that, JJ, the guys you're interviewing, they used like real shots of them yeah, it was for the for the game. It was, it was actual rotoscope. I, th I think it's called rotoscoping, or they use another term for it that they use that midway because that that was the original company that they worked for, the publisher that uh, Ed Boon and uh, what is it, um, John Tobias were at that they actually did all that stuff and. Um, yeah, these are the original actors. The original, like I said, for Scorpion Sub Zero, which is Daniel Pacina, who's also Johnny Cage, and, and all these other people. Uh, Kong Lao, it's a voice actor for Mortal Kombat Two, or the the actor for Mortal Kombat Two. Liu Kang, Mortal Kombat Two, and also uh, Raiden, you know, which is a big deal for Mortal Kombat One and Two. So it's cool because I I've met Ed Boon, but I've never met any of the actors that are actually were involved that worked with him and stuff. So this is the first for me, and I get to to hang out with them and talk with them. It's going to be fun. I think it's going to be interesting because it's all Mortal Kombat that day. It's a Mortal Kombat day for the arcade and they're going to have the machines out. They have the original hardware for the arcade machines. They're going to have it on consoles. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And Flynn's look, looks awesome. I follow Flynn's on, on Instagram and everything too. And I mean that, that place, dude, I, if I was ever, it got that bigger. Area, I'd there's be more there, places man. to see you. Y'all need to come out here one day when we have a star Wars event, because every, the Eddie, who's the guy who owns Flynn's, He's been doing a lot of stuff. He's been doing a lot of things. And when he had his last Star Wars event, I went, you know, just to go hang with everybody. And he had a couple of people from Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett that were there. And he yeah. might, he's trying to get bigger because he wants to do more. He wants to attract the crowd, you know, of Star Wars fans down here. I think awesome. he, I think from following him, I think he has the energy to do it. I know you yeah. know him personally, but like just from following him on social media, I'm just like, man, this guy's got, he's just he's always funny. making moves, man. So. He, he runs some cool stuff. He seems like a jet, a guy who runs a business where he genuinely wants the people who are showing up to the business to enjoy themselves. Yeah. I think that's, I think it seems like he puts like the customer first. He, he really like, does. Like I can't, I can't say enough. Cause I, I was there at Flynn's since they first opened. I, they, they've been going now, I think four years, I think, or yeah, about four or five years that I've been there since day one when they first opened. And it, it's always like that. He always goes to a lot of events. He does a lot of uh, events in the arcade, but also goes to cons and, and other expos down here and stuff. And, and it was always like having people come over and, and do different things, you know, for the holidays, for big events, May the 4th. That's when we had a star Wars event. He has other star Wars day events, but May the 4th was a big one. I remember going to, we had a street, a screening of rogue one, one night uh, on that. Uh, was that? Yeah. May the 4th or one of the other star Wars nights. And he had a, like a whole little, mini convention there of like people just selling stuff that was star wars related love it love it well that's chapter uh alfie do you know what chapter this is of rule the galaxy podcast? i have absolutely no idea we're coming up to 250 where we are going to be having um oh my gosh steve sansweet yeah steve sansweet is going to be joining mm. us who has the largest star wars collection in the world oh he's got a record he's got a world record 
I does doesn't he have that huge I do like, believe so, yes. he's in Guinness Rancho, Rancho Obi Wan. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, he's he's in Guinness, yeah, <laughs> he's definitely yeah. in Guinness Book of World Records. That man has stuff that I didn't even know existed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, there you go. Joe is still tuned in. Chapter two forty six. And also, I have to say, Damn. next week we're going to be having Mark Thompson, Star Wars audiobook narrator, mm. as our guest. So that's definitely exciting. He's always fun to have on. He always throws some voices out every so often. And he's just a big Star Wars fan himself. So definitely check him for that nice. one. So for Chapter 246, from me, from Alfie, from Jake James Lugo, that's Rule the Galaxy podcast. And may the Force be with you. Ciao. Ah, it is my favorite podcast. Count Dooku here. And you're listening to Rule the Galaxy.